Welcome to Sports Lounge Live, a weekly talk show covering baseball. I don't believe what I just saw. Basketball. Believe in Cleveland. The Cavaliers are NBA champions. Football. Got it at the five and into the end zone. Touchdown. Hockey. Green flag waves again at the World Center of Racing. Plus the latest sports news, both pro and college. Hear past talk shows on your phone by calling 773-572-3006. Or as a podcast on your iPhone, Victor Stream or computer, or on your smart speaker. Visit legendoldies.com for links to automatically connect via your computer or iPhone. Call the sports aficionados at area code 646-876-9920. And enter the pin 287-723-4600, followed by the pound key twice. And now, your hosts, Chris Devon, Perry Lester, Sean Platts, Robert Herrick, and Bill Sparks. Well, hello and welcome to the Sports Lounge. Chris will give you the current show, the date, and all that good stuff. And I'm Bill Sparks. Okay, he is. He's, I'm he's right. And, uh, yeah, and, uh, everybody else is here. Rick Swan is here, too. We, uh, he's not on the list, uh, on the, uh, on the ad, but that doesn't mean he's he not will here. Be. He anyway, will be. This, I think I've been blackballed. No. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is, uh, July 13th, 2021, the night of the All-Star Game. It's show number 152. And, uh, we have never been on the night of the All-Star Game before because we used to be on Sundays and uh, now we're on Tuesday. So there you go. And the All-Star Game is almost always on Tuesday. And, uh, later on, we'll have the, uh, the All-Star lineups for you last week we gave you the roster which changed all the time when the people got hurt and all that other stuff but that's okay so um uh basically we have our agenda tonight we'll do the before death. you get to the agenda okay. chris you may yeah. want to mention next week that we are not here next week that's right next week is uh, the acb convention and two or three of us are interested in the auction which actually happens right on the, this time it starts at six o'clock eastern next tuesday so a few of us may either participate or want to listen or do whatever and just uh we're going to take that week off we'll be back though the 27th by that time all kinds of things will be happening. We'll be just a couple of ways. We'll have a new NBA champion. Be a couple of days away from the NBA draft. Uh, the Olympics will be underway, and the baseball will be back. So uh, it'll, it'll be, uh, should, it'll that, be should be having, trade should be having trades by then. Yeah. yeah, trade deadline will be coming. So there you go. Yeah. So anyway, the agenda for this week: uh, death. So we have. <laughs> Eight names on the list, and of course, uh, we're going, we're going to do the panel first before we do the the death list. After we do the death list, then we're going to talk about Wimbledon, a little bit about NASCAR, big week for the Bush brothers, uh, baseball. Uh, of course, the MLB will have the standings, we'll have the, those lineups and uh, general notes for baseball as we always do. The NHL, uh, the off season has really gotten underway. We've had a couple of uh, you know trades and uh, changes with the different teams, so we'll talk about that. NBA as the uh, finals are continue. Uh, um, the XFL, we don't actually, maybe Rick has some NFL news, but we got the XFL has a little bit of news and a mistake I think they're making, and I will There's some NFL stuff, too, yeah. All right, uh, it could be. Uh, Olympics and boxing. So, uh, and wait, we can actually prove that Robert waits time sometimes. He, he wasted time the other day. <laughs> Unfortunately for that. me, yes, I did. So. He did. So anyway, all right, so the uh, the death list, we have Dickie Magel. Uh, he uh, was in the 1954 Cotton Bowl and got tackled by an Alabama guy running off the bench. That's pretty pretty uh, crazy play uh and he was a running back and defensive back in the uh he was he played for rice and he played in the nfl and uh, as a running back and defensive back eddie payne 69 years old college basketball coach 
Uh, Brian Watson, 78 years old, NHL defenseman uh, and a brief head coach. Greg Clark, 49 years old, San Francisco 49ers tight end. David Carter, 67 years old, off, off, and, yeah, offensive lineman for uh, in college and the NFL. We have uh, Sonny Jackson, uh, 82, college uh, football coach. Uh, Alex Gibbs, offensive line coach, 80 years old in uh, college and in pro. And Jerry Steele, 82 years old, college basketball coach. Not a good week for coaches. No. So anyway, uh, so that's uh, that's the um, agenda. So for the panel, I guess I'll start. We, we did something last week. We were talking about a World Series that people had done and so forth. And then the question came up. How many worlds? Well, okay. What, what? It all started with Eddie Olchuk. Eddie Olchuk has just done his 15th Stanley Cup final in a row, and he was on the Cubs game on Friday talking to Pat Hughes and them about that. And so I said, "Hey, I'm going to ask our font of knowledge, David USF, if he can find out how many announcers have done how many World Series and uh, what the longest consecutive streak is, and what who I really was thinking of was Tim McCarver." So you know, we've we've uh, got that information for you the World Series announcers on TV. So uh, so anyway, Eddie Olchuk is going to go over to TNT for their hockey, and he's going to continue to work with Kenny Albert, Albert as he did this year. So they'll be their number one team, and Sean McDonough and whoever his partner will be on ESPN. So he'll do more finals, but they won't be consecutive anymore because they'll be alternating uh, – you know, uh, back and forth, like they do with the uh, conference finals in the NBA. So Tim McCarver, and these are the people who have done national TV on the World Series. Tim McCarver's done 24 of them. Uh, Joe Buck, 23. Mel Allen, 11. Uh, Vin Scully, 11. And then he, they also had a note that he had also done 13 on the radio. Uh, they didn't have all the radio figures, and I know that some people have done more. There's a bunch of people early on that did a bunch on radio, like Red Barber and stuff, but we don't have all that. Uh, Kurt Gowdy has done 11. I think he might have done a couple more. I think they might be confused about a couple where he was. There were some years where in, uh, in 75 and 64, they let people go back and forth between radio and TV. So they might have gotten thrown off. I think he might have done a couple more, but it says 11 here. Uh, Joe Garagiola has done nine. Al Michaels, eight. And uh, let's see. So let's see. So 66. Okay. So Kurt did all the World Series from uh, 66 through 75 for NBC, and he did a couple before that. McCarver, 16 for Fox. He did four for uh, ABC and four for CBS. He did some regular season NBC uh, World Series game, uh, World Series no regular season games, but he did fourteen in a row from 2000 through 2013 because that's when I guess Fox took it over and stopped alternating with NBC or whatever. So, and I always thought he did a good good job. Sean did. So there you go. Exactly. I'm not a Tim McCarver see, fan. See, and, and, and you and you guys are Joe Buck fans. I am not a Joe Buck fan. Okay. Hmm. So, okay. That, but see, that, I think that's good that we have all sorts of different. Yeah, yeah. I like Joe, Joe Buck has done everyone since 2000. Right, non-stop. that's right. Yeah. yeah, and he did a few when Fox 96 and 98 or whatever. So uh, yeah. what did we say he had, uh, Joe Buck? 23. 23, yeah. So and consequently, go. I was a big Jack Buck fan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I always, I mean, I, I, always I, mean, I like, this. I like Joe. He's not as good as his dad. I think he's better at baseball. I will say that he's better at baseball than he is football. I would, you, you know, know, there was one night I got to hear him. He was uh, traveling with the Cardinals uh, earlier in his career. I got to hear him on X one night late in Pittsburgh when I was there and I could get Camwax and he did it really well on the radio. You know, that, about, now, like, Chris, you know, that I agree with. I think well, he was better doing that than he, he than he does on TV. Mm-hmm. And a lot of things he wants to, he would uh, think of he wants to be a movie writer, so it's like one of those. He sees this as well. Am I going to get the opportunity? They haven't sold the script. 
Mm-hmm. But, but no, okay. he's bad at golf. I will say that he was the worst golf next. Oh, so anyway, Rick, what's uh, what have you got going on? Okay, well, I like I like Joe Buck and Tim McCabe, but um, there you go. First, I want to start off by wishing uh, Sean a belated birthday. I got um, right, a happy one or just a belated yeah. one? Well, <laughs> 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 might as well make it happy. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but seven eleven. How can you go wrong? That's, that's, that's a lucky right. birthday. Yeah. Great day for a birthday. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> couple of observations. Um, the, um, the NHL, you know, on NBC ended last week, and on the show after the last game, um, Catherine Tappen, who was the host of their uh, studio show, she came from Nesson here in Boston. She went out of her way to thank um, Mike Milbury, saying that he was more responsible than anybody for getting her that job, which was, I found interesting since he ended up getting fired for such a stupid remark, you know, and not a stupid remark, but a remark that really didn't mean anything. It was, it was culture um, back then. I, it was crazy. Um, I talked about the <laughs> hating the Yankees last week. I don't like the way this week went. The Red Sox are playing the Yankees after the All-Star game, and I have a bad feeling. I, uh, um, the way the Yankees lost that game the other day. Oh, I know. That was, that, was, <laughs> that was the saving grace Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and something that I've never seen before, I don't think, um, you know, except for some of these crazy two-game interleague series where you might go home and away. I, the Mets finished up against Pittsburgh last weekend, and then they're going to Pittsburgh after the All-Star game. That's kind of strange. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, looking, I'm really getting ready for football. Um, I'm starting my countdown. It's 58 days till the first game. Yeah. And by the time we're back on the air, two weeks from tonight, all the NFL camps will be open. Oh, yeah. So, so I can't wait Matter for that. Fact, they all, don't they all open, Rick, on the 27th? That's what Except I for... The um the Dallas and Pittsburgh open the twenty first because they're playing in the Hall of Fame game. Okay, and and then Tampa Bay opens on the twenty fourth because they're playing that first Thursday night. And, okay. and of course Dallas is already there, open, so you know they're playing Dallas. So everybody else opens on the twenty seventh. And I predict Aaron Rodgers won't be there. Well, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he came out today or the, yesterday or something and said that you know he's going to have a whole lot of fun this week, and then he's going to make up his mind next week. Okay, so he's going to that. Okay, yeah. good. Okay, Terry. Terry. Aaron, yeah. Aaron Rodgers will be there on opening. He may not be there at the opening of camp, but he will be there on oh, opening, opening day of the season. I think he will. He yeah. will be yeah. there. Yeah. We had uh, last Friday, we had a hailstorm that I don't believe that has been uh, had in this area before. I did a little bit of look in and, and a lot of the members of the media. There was a storm that went for about 70 miles, give or take a little bit that was producing it started with half dollar size hail that went to baseball then it went to tennis ball and eventually went to softball (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot of car damage around the area last friday and uh, i think we had golf ball size hail here so and then interestingly enough i started getting messages well did you hear about the play and it's like no i was really paying attention to other things during the cubs cardinals game but apparently a fan uh, oh yeah they thought they thought had reached over and caught a ball that Jason Hayward could have caught. Well, in the end, I mean, the Cubs won the game 10 to five. It probably didn't matter anyway. Nothing happened in that inning anyway. Yeah. Right. So uh, you always wonder when your phone starts going off about, you know, things when you're, (laughs) but uh, it was interesting and uh, all that, but uh, nobody can find where there has been a hailstorm of that level. Now we've had that size hail, but not being reported for that 
length of time. So you see it in Texas and Oklahoma, but you normally do not see it this far north. We, I don't know. It hardly ever helps here. No. If it gets to basketballs, get out of there. Yeah, that's oh, what I no, <laughs> <laughs> That's when you want to get out of there. But uh, other than that, it's been kind of a kind of a quiet week. Uh, mm-hmm. Our producer in the five one five has a birthday on Thursday, so we want to wish oh, her a happy, happy birthday, birthday, Don. All right, so, uh, Bill. Well, we're just kind of hanging out, watching a little baseball, a lot of baseball, really. To tell the truth about it, been kind of depressing for you and I in our division, Bill. Yeah, doing a, a lot of. Uh, well, the Reds are making a move. They're only yeah. four games out. Yeah, they're only four yeah. games out. So, the question I have for you guys, though, is: I didn't know that they would play. I always thought there was a moratorium in the minor leagues for baseball when they're playing the All-Star game. But the reason, the reason for that, Bill, the reason for that is the minor leagues started late, so they're behind with their games. They need to get games in, so that's the reason that they are yeah. playing. And the other thing, too, is they're not having their All-Star game because they they're are not, trying no. to keep it regional you know, with the different teams that your little pods that they're playing in. So that right. was the other reason, too. And, right. it, and it's a good idea because you, you look at the uh, the fact here and they're telling us with the, that the Red Sox don't meet the vaccination limit because of the AAA you know some of the AAA people and that's probably true on other teams too so it's probably good that they're doing right. it this way you and, know. and by the way we we talk about travel all the time uh Alex Cohen is in Toledo tonight okay well there's traveling for some people some people not i yeah. think it comes down to this point it's what the companies might want to save in salary because i mean the reds have been traveling exclusively in and doing that so i i don't know about the red Sox. well the other thing too and i don't know how it works and maybe jerry can come in and tell us how it normally works remember perry my question was the other day we heard that the that uh, greg brown and um John uh, Paul Wayner, John Wayner, were, were tra- John Wayner were traveling, and they were there, and they did the second game of that doubleheader, and they did Sunday's game. So I'm thinking normally I thought they alternated crews back and forth between radio. Yeah, they do. Uh, so I wonder if Joe have, Block and Bob Walk, I wonder if they didn't travel. That's what I'm saying, that they stayed home, that the TV crews aren't traveling generally, or they weren't comfortable traveling, or it will be their turn next time. So they'll have one travel and one not. So we'll well, we, know, we know, as we reported last week, we know Jason Benetti is not he is not comfortable with the current situation. Right, right. Yeah. And I think, and I think we have now heard that from other broadcasters too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well. and, but I didn't know exactly what was going on with that. But the on that baseball, I, I just wasn't sure about that. But it, I guess it'll sort itself out. But. Yeah, next year it'll be uh, back to normal. Yeah, and it sounds like a lot more guys, as I kind of have been seeing, it sounds like a lot more of them are, are going to be traveling in the second half than even that were in the first half so yeah. kind of stay tuned and we'll we'll kind of keep you posted right okay so um what is it uh, robert robert. robert yeah well um <laughs> um i as far as i can tell uh, none of my crews are traveling i know the giants are supposed to be in a couple of weeks but we'll see if that actually comes to fruition um, because none of the California teams so far have been traveling anywhere. So we'll see what happens with that. But uh, speaking of California, um, we have our usual fire issues, and things are always getting out of control. It's 
Yeah. It's crazy what goes on around here. Uh, and, then you throw uh, in a, and then you throw in a governor's recall. So you just have all sorts yeah, we of have, stuff. We have, we have a governor's recall coming up in September. We have a drought going on. Uh, so it, it's a typical California summer, unfortunately. Yeah. So, and, you know, not much else is happening around here as far as that goes. Okay. Sean? All right. Well, let me clear up. Let me add a little something to our story last week on the Rachel Nichols situation and whether she was going to be there. She was supposed to have been on the sideline. For the finals, they have two sideline reporters. They had the other lady, but they did not have Rachel Nichols. However, she is still on her show, The Jump, on ESPN every afternoon, because I went and checked with her, Matt Barnes, Robert Ory, that whole crew. Do it. She's still on there, but they didn't have her on the sideline. At least she's on there for the time being. Yeah, yeah, she's on. The jump is still on there, so we'll see what happens. But yeah, a couple other things, like I said, not I, one thing I found interesting. Uh, this is sort of sports related, but it's well, kind of because not really, but in Denver at a hotel right near the uh, right near the Coors Field, a housekeeper this weekend found was it sixteen weapons and over a thousand rounds of ammunition. Yep. They raided two different rooms. Yeah. Yeah, and they yeah, and they arrest that four that four people. So they may have saved a, um, you know, a MLB shooting. MLB and the Athletic both put out statements that the the police have told them now that uh, that had nothing to do in the in with anything with the baseball. Yeah, okay. Because there was quite, yeah, there were questions over whether it had something whether they were going to yeah. plan on doing it at Coors Field or what was no. going on. So I don't know. But anyway, uh, we have a poll question since it is All Star Night. You know, we're going to talk about your all-star memories. And, of course, you can call in, download the Zoom app or dial 646-876-9923, enter code 287-723-4600, hit pound key twice, and, you know, you can do star nine to raise your hand, alt-y on the computer, more key on your smartphone. And that's about any topic, but also throughout the week, get a hold of us at sports lounge at allthingsradio.net. Uh, 773-572-7715 or 800-693-0595 option 2 uh, thanks for Sports Lounge Live and yeah, it'll be nice to Bill when he takes this just don't leave me again <laughs> and, I, and you know that's, a, that's the thing though we're not going to be here next week so I mean from between now and the 27th that's your way of getting your opinions out here if you if you have anything oh, yeah. between now and then that's the way of getting them yeah. uh, Jerry has his hand up so, Jerry, if you want to unmute, I think he's probably going to address the pirate situation right, yeah. a few minutes ago. Maybe he can. Okay. Okay, guys. Um, I'm not really sure. It seems to me that, well, this weekend on the TV, they had um, uh, oh, what's it? Kevin Joe Young Blunt. doing color. They had who, oh, okay. Jerry? Kevin who? Kevin Young. Okay. Um, why? Used to, I, I forget what position he used to play. Right. For the- but they had Joe Block on doing the, t- the play-by-play, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm not. So, I think they were in the studio, but I'm not fine. Right. So I think they were. Now the question I have, Jerry, on a normal day, if everything was normal and, and they're either home or if they were traveling, would they? Wouldn't they alternate? And like, when the, if it was a Friday night game, they Joe Block and his crew would be on the radio on Saturday. They'd be on TV. That kind of thing. Uh, sometimes, but sometimes the same group, the same two guys that did Friday night, would do the whole weekend. Okay, so you can't really tell by that then. All right. You can't really tell by that. It's crazy the way they do it. But it does sound – I think the TV people have been a little more reluctant to travel. There's a little more involved because you're bringing more production people and all that stuff. So that might be why TV is a little bit slower to travel than radio has been. Yeah, that's now, probably- go ahead, Jerry. 
But as far as I know, the TV crew has not traveled yet this year. I don't right. know what will happen after the All-Star yeah. game. Yeah. Now, one of the marquee employees who, who she'll come down and do color when the iCubs are on marquee, she said, um, not last Friday when she was here, but the game before that, that uh, – Marquis was getting very close to begin traveling. So I would bet if they are getting very that's, close, then so are a lot of other TV teams. And they're tied in, remember, also the Sinclair, who also owns all the 21 Valley Sports, which used to be Fox Sports Net, Fox Sports Regional. So all of those will end up traveling soon also. And then, of course, like Pittsburgh, I think is AT&T Sports Net Pittsburgh or whatever, because I know Houston's not traveling, but all the Valley Sports, which is, you know, Marquis also and all, and Yes Network, which is also by Sinclair. Those 23, you know, well, it's not 23 baseball affiliates, but there's 23 okay. regions. But we'll we'll keep you up to date on the travel situation. We'll, yep. So yeah. first up, Chris, we have what? Wimbledon. And we have tennis. Tennis. And yep. Ash Barty won uh, the women's, and she uh, beat Carol, Carolina uh, Pliskova, I guess. Won yes, the first four, and she won the first 14 points, and that's a lot. That, that's pretty cool. You don't see that all the time. For first Australian women to win uh, uh, since uh, Yvonne Goolagong back in 1980. Love that name. Yep. So the... Uh, the uh, I think the uh, I don't oh, I was going to have the score here, but I don't know. It, it was the first uh, m- match uh, that went to uh, deciding for the women to the deciding third set uh, since 2012, and the second uh, Grand Slam uh, uh, for uh, Ash. She won the uh, French Open in 2019. Yeah. And uh, let's see, uh, what were you going to say, Robert? She's currently the number one uh, female uh, tennis player. She's been number one for 84 straight weeks. So mm-hmm. um, it'll. Least somebody won that people would be familiar with. And Novak Djokovic won the men, and yep. uh, he, he was it was his twentieth slam. So now he's tied. And I bet you know, I mean, obviously we talk about it in golf and tennis. I don't know, and of course we don't know all the history of you know the golfers going back. But this is amazing that you have three of them, three people tied with twenty Grand Slams right now. Yeah. Well, and, and remember when Pete Sampras won fourteen? They said, "Oh, that's amazing. That's never yeah. going to get broken." And then you had three of them do it. And if he gets the U.S. Open, he'll he'll have the record by himself, twenty-one. Yep. Well, and so. remember that um, uh, as of now, they're all three still playing. Although Roger Federer is talking. about about, and he's the first one to mention that he may think about retiring because he's the oldest. He'll be 40 in August. So, uh, yeah, we said last week he was the first, he's the oldest player to, oldest person to get to a quarterfinal mm-hmm. in a Grand Slam. Okay. Yeah. You know, so, and, anyway, he yeah. beat Matteo Berrettini, who is, I guess, is a pretty good young player. It was 6'7, 4'7, and then 6'4, 6'4, 6'3. So, I guess he was behind. It looks like the way they write that up, they usually go by the way the winner. Yeah, he lost the first set, and Djokovic got mad and proceeded to win the next three. Uh, that's the thing. If you watch Djokovic play, whenever he loses a set, he immediately takes it out on his opponent because, you know, he's it's like okay, I need to wake up here and, and get things done. And yeah. he's been he's been number one for the equivalent of six straight years because it's three hundred and twenty consecutive weeks. And so, if he if if he wins the U.S. Open, he'll be the first person in a calendar year since Rod Laver did it to win all, the entire Grand Slam in a yeah. calendar year. But he did mm-hmm. it twice back to back in '68 and '69. Right. And if he wins the gold medal and the U.S. Open, he'll be the only other person besides Steffi Graf to win the Grand Slam in a calendar year and a gold medal. Yeah, they call so that 19- the golden the golden slam. In so, yeah. She did that. yeah. 
So Djokovic has won six Wimbledons now, nine Australian, three uh, uh, U.S., and two French Opens. Yeah, the French, the, only... the, French, the French Open is the one he has the most difficulty with. So. Then and Robert asked the only a question. One... Robert asked a question of David USF that Djokovic has gone in, in his final matches. Robert wanted to know the uh, the record of in the final. Djokovic is twenty and ten. Federer is twenty and eleven, and Nadal is twenty and eight in their final yeah. appearances. What were you going to say, uh, uh, Sean? Well, I was going to say he's also the only one who has won two or more uh, of each Grand Slam because the others have gotten you know like they they haven't done. Two of all four Grand Slam events. Right. The other two. They well, like Nadal, like Nadal, for example, he's won thirteen French Open and hasn't won too many of the others. Right. You know? Yeah. So, so, so uh, that that's it. And and so and Roger Federer is not going to the Olympics. He said. Yeah. So, uh, no. He he was going to play, but apparently he uh, re-injured himself during Wimbledon. So he's he's pulled well, you know, out. The U.S. And, Open isn't that far away. He wants to get ready for that, and that's like the end of August. Yeah. So really, you know, yeah, yeah it's over it's, Labor Day week. Yeah, finals are usually Labor Day weekend. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. The, I, well, sometimes the second week. I I, I seem to remember yeah, them being the, sec- the second week. Second weekend. That's right. Yeah, yeah. They, they start. They start. Uh, going the weekend before week Labor before Day. Labor. They, the Monday yeah. before Labor Day. The Monday before yeah. Labor Day because it's a two-week tournament. Yeah, because the second yeah. week of the NFL season <laughs> used to be when CBS had them. We knew that uh, NBC would have the the doubleheader or whatever because it was going to be the second week. Right. So. So anyway, so in in it was a good uh, deal for the Bush brothers. Kyle Bush uh, won the Credit Karma 250 in Atlanta, and and that was his 102nd Xfinity race. Uh, and he says it's his last one. I guess you're only allowed to run in five of those a year, and he's running running five and one hit the five he's been in. Yeah, and uh, I I'm glad to hear that there was limitations on because uh, in my opinion, when you're a Cup driver and you've and you've already established yourself at Cup Series, the Xfinity Series should be used for the up and coming up and coming. Driver. And the yeah. same with the trucks; they they you're only allowed to run five truck races too. Right. And then Kurt Busch, you don't haven't heard much about him uh, lately. He's won the Cup race, and Kurt first for the season, thirty third overall, and the uh, fourth fourth in Atlanta ever. So he likes that track, that's for sure. Right. And and Kyle, his brother, finished second in that race on Sunday. So. Yep. <laughs> Okay. Well, yeah. any any thing else on this section because it's basically break time. So it we is probably break wanna... time. So let's it do the, break let's, time. Let's go ahead and take our let's break. Let's take the break. We'll come back, and then I believe we're going to get around to baseball. That's right. I spend a lot of time in the backyard, and I'm the center of attention at summer barbecues. In '96, I made some of the tastiest s'mores, and in '09, it was me, your backyard fire pit, that accidentally started a wildfire when a summer breeze carried one of my embers into some dry brush. Spark a change, not a wildfire. Visit SmokeyBear.com, brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. Hope you enjoyed your meal. And I just want to say, he's lucky to have a brother like you. Lucky? Caring for my brother is far from easy. But he's a part of me, like my arms and legs, so I'll be his. No time for tired. Nothing can disable this love. He needs me, but I'm the lucky one, even though I need help now and then. If you're caring for a loved one, visit aarp.org caregiving for care guides and community. Support for your strength. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. What if I told you that a tornado was going to happen tomorrow right where you live? That it would touch down at exactly 3.17 p.m. and I told you the exact path it would take. You would, of course, prepare. You would talk with your loved ones and you'd make a plan today. 
It's true, I can't tell you a tornado will strike tomorrow, but shouldn't you have a plan anyway? Go to ready.gov slash communicate and make your emergency plan today. Don't wait. Communicate. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. This is Mario Andretti. You know me as a race car driver, but I'm also a Meals on Wheels volunteer. I've raced against the sport's biggest personalities, but I've never met more vibrant, amazing people than the seniors served by Meals on Wheels. You can make a difference by dropping off a hot meal and saying a quick hello. So, America, let's do lunch. Volunteer your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. And we are back, so let's hit the baseball. Okay. All right, well, here we go. As we say, tonight's the all-star game, and we've got the lineups for you. And actually, one of the fun things, and I, I do this, I hardly watch any baseball on TV, but I usually do this. I'm planning to do it tonight. I like to see them introduce the team, especially it's fun when, when you know there's a real rival. You know, Colorado kind of a nebulous baseball town. But, you know, when you get a game in the, the Northeast or in California or something, you know, and the Dodger fans boo the Giants and the Yankee fans boo the Red Sox and all that stuff, it's kind of fun. Everybody boos the Astros. And uh, that's what we'll see tonight, and you know we'll see how that goes. But anyway, I've got the starting lineups for you, and uh, apologies for any mispronunciations. We'll work on that as we go along. Fernando Tatis uh, is the shortstop junior, is the shortstop for San Diego, leading off. Batting second is the DH Max Muncy from the Dodgers. Batting third at third base is uh, Nolan Arenado uh, from St. Louis. And then the first base batting cleanup is Freddie Freeman from the Braves. Uh, right fielder is Nick uh, Castellanos from Cincinnati. And two reds in a row because the left fielder is Jesse Winker. And then in uh, batting seventh is JT uh, Riamuto, the, the Phillies catcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, center fielder is Brian Reynolds from the Pirates. And the second baseman batting ninth is Adam Frazier, also from the Pirates. And pitching is Matt Scherzer uh, from the Nationals. And, uh, of course, Dave Roberts is the manager. And then for the AL, we have Shohei Otani is the DH leading off. So since he'll just stop pitching and stay as DH, it's the opposite of what you would see in a game where you'd lose the DH because, you know, if the DH goes in the field, then you don't have a DH. So, ML- uh, MLB had to tweak that rule in order for him to stay in for the DH. And they did that right. yesterday. Right. Yeah. And this is good. You know, some people think, oh, it's a show. I kind of remember in, in particular the games where, like, Vita Blue started in 71, uh, Mark Fidrich started in 76. I mean, he, you know, guys like that, Pedro in 99 here at Fenway. When when somebody's the center of, you know, the game at the moment, to have them starting the, the All-Star game is kind of cool. So, yes. you know, gets everybody's attention. So that'll be something that'll be, whatever happens, it'll be thought of as an All-Star, uh, you know, memory. So Shohei Otani Lee off as the uh, DH and pitcher. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero uh, t- from Toronto will be batting second at first base. Uh, Xander Bogarts from the Red Sox batting third at shortstop. Right fielder is Aaron Judge from the Yankees hitting fourth. The uh, Rafael Devers will be the third baseman from the Red Sox hitting fifth. Second base will be Marcus Simeon from Toronto. The catcher will be Sal Perez uh, from Kansas City, Salvatore Perez. Left fielder eight, batting eighth is Teoscar Hernandez from Toronto. And the center fielder is Cedric Mullins from the Orioles. And, uh, and of course, Otani is pitching, and uh, Mar- Martinez uh, is also on the team as a DH. So that was his position, uh, J.D. Martinez. And then the and- uh, Kevin Cash is the the manager. What are you say, and it'll Tony? be history. It'll be historic, a historic night of the week. Like I said, he is the first person, Otani, to lead off the World Series for for 
All right, All right, the All Star game. game and be the starting pitcher. He's that's never yeah. been done since Babe Ruth uh, wasn't playing when we didn't have. He didn't, no, he didn't lead off. Babe Ruth didn't lead off. No, no, no. I'm really saying there was no All Star game. Babe Ruth was yeah. played, and, and he was in the All-Star game, the first All-Star game in 33, because he was, yeah. like, you know, as a sentimental thing. You know, the last couple of years of your career, Ted Williams got in, he wasn't that good, that kind of thing. They do that. But um, I'm saying by then he had long not been pitching. That was my point. Yeah. Okay. And then there apparently our friend Rob Manfred had a uh, as a, at a, a press conference. I just heard this on the news at one point, and he said the next year, well, assuming, <laughs> hey, why he tells anybody <laughs> anything? Because nobody knows. It has to do with the negotiations for the, the labor agreements. So, but he says what his thought is today is that they'll be getting rid of the seven inning double headers for next year, and they I won't be so. and they won't be doing the extra runner, which I think people like in the in for the extra innings. But uh, that yeah. that's what he said today. So you know, take that uh, nowhere. Don't take it anywhere because it's all subject <laughs> to I'd love labor. To see both bar- of those go away, but bargaining. Yeah. Okay, for the MLB, we have standings here at the All Star break. So who's in first place? The Red Sox, fifty five and thirty six. Tampa Bay, fifty three and thirty seven. So a game and a half behind the Yankees, 46, 43. Now the Red Sox and Yankees are going to meet on uh, Thursday. They're the only teams playing on Thursday. Yeah. So yeah. they've got a short uh, all-star break and the Yankees have got to do something. They're eight games out and they just lost a crushing game. Oh, I, they had a good series against Houston, but they lost it. Yeah, Robert, you can't have been happy about that. No, no. no. And they, they have to do something in New York. Some, there has to be some kind of shakeup because uh, this team, the way it's currently constructed, I don't think anybody in the American League East is going to have to worry well, about. Well, if you listen to Hal Steinbrenner, there is no shakeup coming. So we'll, I know, right, I know. We'll, we'll come back to that, Chris. We'll, we'll finish the standings, okay, then we'll come back so to the talk Yankees. About then Toronto, uh, forty-five and forty-two. So they're also uh, tied with the Yankees. There, Baltimore, twenty-eight and sixty-one in the Central. White Sox leading at fifty-four and thirty-five. Cleveland, uh, forty-five and forty-two. So the White Sox with a big, healthy eight-game lead there. Detroit, forty and fifty-one. I was just talking nice about the Tigers last week, and they lose all these games. Minnesota coming along a little bit with 39 and And that's 50. who the Tigers were losing to is Minnesota. That's right. Yeah. So it helped yeah. Minnesota get closer. Kansas City is at 36 and 53. In the West, Houston 55 and 36. The A's 52 and 40. It's a three-and-a-half game lead for the Astros. Seattle is playing well. I put the kiss of death on them now. They're 48 and 43. <laughs> uh, the Angels are 45-44. Boy, they're a tough team. The Red Sox had to play them last week, and they're they're not easy, that's for sure. Texas at 35 and 55. National League East, we have the Mets at 47 and 40. The Phillies, who took two out of three from the Red Sox, 44 and 44, uh, three and a half games out. The and Braves, they have right? a uh, they have a COVID outbreak in Philadelphia. They do, so, they do, yeah. and and that uh, they still won on Sunday despite it. The Aaron Nola and three other Phillies. So again, this must be a team that's uh, slow on the vaccinating. No, but, uh, they're they're not even that, close to the yeah. yeah. I was going to say you don't necessarily know that because look at the pitch for the whole NC. State situation, but yeah. yeah. Well, I listened to WIP after the story broke, and they made it very clear the Phillies are not even close to the. Well, I thought, and I don't know how many did it, but didn't you say, Sean, with the NC State uh, that they kind of delayed because they didn't want their reactions to happen during that various points of the season? So I don't know, but yeah, some of them, but but it was the vaccinated player that started that got tested positive on that yeah, situation. Yeah, but, and, and that's the problem. I mean, yeah, anybody can can test positive, but you know, you don't have uh, symptoms or any of that stuff, right? So anyway, so the Phillies are forty-four and forty-four Braves. 44 and 45. We'll talk about them in a little bit more in a minute. We have a big injury from them. Yeah. Washington, 42 and 47. Miami, 39 and 50. In the Central, Milwaukee, 53 and 39. The Red Hot Reds, 48 and 42. And that must have been fun, Bill, with that Reds uh, series against Milwaukee. 
very close, very good games. Um, they played him tough all series and just did the breaks at the right time. And the, and the Brewer fans on Saturday night, Bill, were cheering for the umpires because nobody came to see the umpires. <laughs> uh, Chicago, the Cubs, 44 and 46. And Seattle and St. Louis also forty four and forty six. So they're and I was listening to that Cubs game on Friday, and they're basically saying, you know, both teams are kind of feeling the same way that they've just about out of it. Kind of well, they're kind of where the Yankees in Toronto are in the American League, East, so they kind of have to, you know, look at it. And so apparently, what did Jed Hoyer said? He he wants to do a retool, not a rebuild. Retool. Right? That is correct. Right. Well, you look at you look at what he would like is something that happened with the Red Sox. Look how bad the Red Sox were in 12, 14, you know, and 15, and then again last year. And they right now had pretty much the best record in the American League and had the fourth pick in the draft. So that's yep. what you'd like to do is go down for a year or two and bounce right back. And, uh, you know, and really Fenway fans and Wrigley fans are not going to tolerate a horrible uh, five years or something. No. So, no. They, they need, if, if there's one thing they need, they need young pitching and hitting, hitting, hitting. Well, and now what? This was a rumor just floating around. Uh, well, that Rob Bradford kind of started it last night himself. But basically, he would like to see Anthony Rizzo come here, and he thinks that that I have makes heard sense. The same rumor. That makes sense because Dahlbeck isn't, you know, really that polished as a first baseman. He's still got holes in his hitting, and it would be good to get Rizzo in here. Even if he leaves after the year, then you still got Dahlbeck to come in and be your ultimate first baseman. So it's not would like you, you're losing a lot. Would you trade Dahlbeck for Rizzo? I, I think I would uh, try to find another way to do it. I would. I would. I would. Yeah. 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 Because, um, if, no. I mean, if you trade Dahlbeck, I suppose what the Cubs could think is, well, we could, you know, we could play – Patrick Wisdom maybe at first, and we could send Dahl back to AAA and let him yeah. figure out the holes in the hitting. That's right. right. So the the thing is that if if that it, I don't know how Rizzo felt about the organization when he was here. You know, it was ten years ago, but I mean he was here. So you you wonder if he'd be comfortable to just stay. You know, he might like enough people in the organization and feel comfortable. And really, people love Alex Cora. So if he gets in that clubhouse, he'll enjoy that. I know that. So anyway, the Cubs are forty four and forty six. Cardinals forty four and forty six. Pittsburgh thirty four and fifty six. And in the West, we have the Di- Giants at. The, 57 and 32, uh, the Dodgers 56 and 35, so two games out, San Diego 53 and 40, and we have Colorado for, uh, 40 and 51, and Arizona 26 and 66. So, uh, you know, that and Pete Alonzo won the home run uh, derby and uh, gets Trey Mancini. That was the big story. Maybe Trey Mancini could come through and win it after having colon cancer last year, but Pete Alonzo won it. And, I think uh, Trey had a lot of people cheering for him in those finals. Yeah, he did. Yes, he did. And, the announcers and, uh, were definitely. Alonzo won it in, in 2019, and there was no derby last year, so he's won it back-to-back years. Yeah, and Griffey, Ken Griffey Jr. did it in 98 and 99. Yes. And your friend Cespedes, our friend, Robert, <laughs> yours and mine, yes. uh, Cespedes did it. In 13 and 14. Uh, actually, so. Robert, to quote Chris Berman, he won it in back to back, 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 back. Yeah, 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 right, right. right. <laughs> That's right. So let's uh, see what, what other baseball uh, notes we have. Uh, Let's see. Well, we could talk about Ronald Acuna. Yeah. We could. Um, and he pulled and he, his ACL, I guess. And, uh, yep, or, and he was, he was going back on a fly ball. It was a non-contact injury. He was going back on a fly ball and just popped. Yep. Now, that is too bad. And I cannot think of the guy who's out on domestic violence and the injury but uh, for the Braves. Yeah, well, he was a good player. Uh, was well, that? The, the, Oh gosh, they got him from the Cardinals. The domestic violence. Um, yeah. yeah, and I can't. Ozuna. He was a major player for them too. Yeah, Ozuna. Ozuna. Marcelo Ozuna. So yes, yeah. so I mean the Braves. That's two big pieces out of their lineup. So that's not good. Yeah. So and I had Dodgers, already heard. And I had already heard that Liberty Media wasn't really going to allow him to do too much at the deadline. Uh-huh. 
Yeah. So, um, uh, speaking of that kind of stuff, the uh, Dodgers canceled bobblehead doll for tra- uh, uh, Trevor, Bauer. Bauer. Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer. Yeah. And uh, that was going to be August 19th. And uh, his suspension has continued as the investigation continues. So, we'll see when he might come back. Uh, let's see. So, we've already Just been from what about- I have been reading, though, Chris, that case sounds like a mess. It sounds yeah. more so than a criminal act. It sounds like you had two people who believe in some weird stuff. Yeah, yeah there was some weird yeah. stuff. I, I think it, it sounds just off the top of what you hear. It sounds consensual, but it's just, you know, it, it could even be to the point where they don't like what what's coming out. So they kind of want to yeah. play it low key for a while and hope people forget about it. Right. So uh, so we always have, a, you know, Otani uh, stories here because David gives us one almost every day. So I well, yeah. they come. Yep. <laughs> and he passed Hideki Matsui for the home runs uh, for the most in a season. Matsui had in his career has had 175 and each row 118. So this is the first Japanese player uh, to be as high as I think it's what 33 home runs now. Um, Clayton Kershaw is now on the 10 day uh, uh, list with inflammation of his arm. So we'll see how that goes. Yep. And, and I guess he'll be evaluated uh, probably after the All Star break and see what they want to do with him. Right. Uh, let's see what else we got going here. We Jake have Arrieta, 10 day IL. Jake Arrieta, yep. that's right. Uh, yeah. No, I don't know that list. I think I don't know that I think the 10 day IL is going to fix him. No. <laughs> no. So we okay. get to our media controversy involving of the week, going to baseball this week. Going okay, over. well, yeah, you could do that now, uh, Sean, if you want to. Yeah, well, those of you, and I missed this initially, but, yeah, yesterday on his show, the great Stephen A. Smith, that uh, <laughs> I use that term loosely, who, by the way, is the highest paid employee at ESPN, making $12 million a year. I don't know, how, but uh, some, apparently he went on a little rant on his show with Max Kellerman, uh, and he started saying, in baseball, you know, an American game, how can you have this where your, your main guy, your marquee guy, your star player has to have an interpreter? And he can't, and, they, and Keller was trying to say he goes no in America and by the way Otani does speak English pretty well but a lot of them still have interpreters to help with some of the you know the questions the languages they're learning but he can't, yeah he just doesn't want to make a mistake and yeah right <laughs> he doesn't stupid. want to make yeah. a mistake but, but yeah. Stephen A Smith when I now he supposedly I did not hear the apology I heard the initial comment because it's been all over but I, I, I did not hear the apology yeah. he he supposedly apologized today on the show but well. You know, it's, it's, Sean, I can tell you the same thing happens in boxing because Canelo Alvarez, uh, you know, is he always uses an interpreter whenever he's any, in, in, in any kind of press conference or anything like that. But he does speak English. But when it comes to a public setting, he doesn't want to make yeah. any mistakes. No, so and that's, that's a lot of there's a there's a number of it happens in UFC. It happens in a lot of it happens yeah. in tennis. It happens yep. in tennis. It happens in, in you know a lot of sports. But I mean Stephen A. Smith just. I mean, he, and I'm surprised, if it had been anybody else, Stephen A., I mean, they'd have been fired. But for some reason, Stephen A., and I don't, I mean, people well, must watch him. I think they want to but, continue to own ESPN. They figure he he would win any lawsuit. It's just the way it is right. these days, you know? Yeah. And I, and I mean, people people do just call him affectionately Screaming A. That's right. <laughs> right. And, 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 you know, like, there are the people that say, did he say this? Just to stir it up, which you know, that's what most of that show is. They're crazy, basically told. At, and this was a lot of the ESPN shows because they were talking about that on one of the one of our local shows here. They said, "Oh yeah, ESPN is one of the worst about telling you to disagree, just to disagree." And they're very 
well, I, I, never, I know of a case personally who, uh, I know of a guy personally who I've done podcasts with in the past. He used to write for ESPN uh, because he covered he covered boxing. Well, they wanted him to start covering the UFC, and he said, look, I've made my career covering boxing. I don't know anything about UFC, and they kept trying to force him to do it, and he finally had to just quit his job and uh, go to work for somebody else because they tried to dictate to him what he's yeah. what he was to write and, about. Yeah, yeah, they tell you. And Stephen, I like said, Screaming A is just. I mean, he's all he's he's set stuff. And I'm still, but you know, he's he's their their guy, their nine a.m., their ten a.m. guy in the morning that gets and he gets attention because well, we're talking about it right now. I guess yeah. I guess he did get what he. So okay, so um, but uh, I I don't know. You know, he's complaining about Otani uh, uh, not having a, an interpreter. Why does he complain about him not taking batting practice? There's something you can talk about. But <laughs> well, you know what? He not uh, all year. He hasn't. I mean, Monday I was a, Monday was the first day he took batting practice, Chris. I mean, the the whole season he hasn't taken batting yeah. practice, and he's leading the American League in home runs. I, I believe. know. I know. So you know? I, isn't that isn't that an American to not take yeah. batting practice? <laughs> yeah. No. Anyway, Buster Posey's hurt too. I injured uh, left thumb, so he uh, is uh, on the injured list. Uh, Carlos Correa, health and safety protocols. We already mentioned the four Phillies that are in health and safety protocols. And health and, and safety protocols for Correa, that probably means he was either in contact with or something to do with the virus. Yep. Right. Uh, okay, and also, uh, Otani, I'm telling you, he sprinkles them in all week. He, he tied uh, Sammy Sosa for the most home runs by a foreign-born born player before the All-Star break. Again, that's a nebulous stat for the All-Star break with the different numbers of games. But still, and, uh, you know, that was uh, he tied uh, Sosa for that with a 33rd home run. And you know what I'm afraid of? If he continues to hit home runs this year the way he has been, somebody's probably going to come out and use the word, well, is he using something, you know? Well, I'm sure they, they've said that. Somebody has, you know. You know. I'm, a, I'm afraid that that's going to come up, and we don't need to hear that talk all over again, you know. Yeah. Now, now, if you look at the record, I started thinking about this, though, you're tying it. Within the last 40 to 50 years, the All-Star Games pretty much, except for 1981, the strike year has been on the second Tuesday in July. Like pretty much at least, pretty much. At least the last 40 years. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. But what I'm saying is the season starts yeah. at different times. The season used yeah. to start later yeah. than it does now. So we've got, it's not, and, and sometimes you get all-star games that are even a little bit later. They've, they've had it the third week in July once in a while, yeah. it just depending when the 4th of July falls and this and that. Yeah. So the Do- Dodgers the other night beat Arizona 22 to 1. And they had yeah. eight home runs and tied their record. Uh, the Dodgers did it in the 328-19 against Arizona and then against Milwaukee on 523-02. And the most runs uh, for Dodgers at Dodger Stadium and the fr- in uh, 25 uh, there's the most runs they ever scored uh, you know, Brooklyn beat Cincinnati 25 uh, with 25 runs in 1901 mm-hmm. and it's the most runs Arizona ever allowed so uh, you know that's uh, pretty crazy and then uh, let's see if, um, are we up to the draft I think we're getting to the draft here so the Pirates took Henry Davis a catcher from Louisville uh, Texas took uh, Jack Leiter, the uh, Vanderbilt pitcher, son of Al Leiter. That's correct. The Tigers took Jackson Job, a, uh, a high school pitcher. And so that was where they were supposed to take Rocker, wasn't it? But I guess yeah, they, and Rocker, Rocker, Rocker cleared a number 10 to the Mets. Yeah. He went to the Mets, yep. And the Red Sox took uh, Marcelo, uh, I think, are they saying it, uh, Mayor, uh, Rick, I think? Yeah, I think so. mayor. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and the shortstop from high school as well from California, and uh, Baltimore cap- took a Baltimore, uh, a California high school uh, outfielder, which uh, I didn't get his name. 
Yeah, and and, uh, and Rocker, by the way, Chris, uh, they took him on Sunday. Uh, Steve Cohen and the Mets have already signed him. He signed yesterday. Oh, so. okay. Did um, is is he John Rocker's son? No, no, he is not related. Yeah. Okay, not related at all. Because that would be yeah. funny if he went to New York. Because <laughs> John Rocker had a lot of weird things to say about New York. Yep. Okay, the National League won the America uh, beat the American League eight to three in the Futures game, and I guess one of your Cubs guys hit a home run. Uh, Perry, you were talking about. Uh, Brandon Davis hit two home runs. Okay, there you go. So yes. that's and very getting back to the, getting back to the draft real quick before we get too far away from it. I gotta give MLB a little credit, and hopefully they can do this on a regular basis. And this definitely works out college baseball and you know, all that. I mean, putting it All Star, you know, during the All Star break, especially that Sunday night because there's not a Sunday night game. I mean, you look at the NFL draft, you look at the NBA draft. They're you know, primetime events, at least the first round of the NFL. And, you know, and the NHL draft will be now that they're going to be and, on ESPN. Yeah. And, you know, i got to give them some credit for saying, hey, I mean, we may not get, yeah, the first round of going against the NBA Finals this year, but under a normal year, you know, we may not get what the NFL draft does, but right. we're going to get some people on i got to give them some credit for that. I mean, getting well, and, of, and of, remember, for those who are not familiar with it, I know, Sean, you and I follow it, but a lot of people don't. For those who are not familiar with it, a lot of the – College baseball players up until now were drafted right in the middle of the NCAA tournament. Right. Yes. I remember watching. I, I remember watching the. Uh, I think it was a replay, but I saw Texas win the title and uh, the in '83. I think it was, and Roger Clemens was already drafted by the Red Sox. I remember that. Yeah. So yeah. you know, staying with yeah. the draft. Do you guys see what the Angels did in the draft? No. No. Twenty rounds. They picked twenty pitchers. Wow. Really? Oh wow. The one. Yeah. Wow. I think the, the staying with the draft too, Rick. The first thing that the one thing that surprised me with the draft is. Um, the Blue Jays, with the 19th pick, took Gunnar Hoagland, a uh, uh, starter from uh, Ole Miss. But what surprised me about that is Gunnar Hoagland just had Tommy John surgery like maybe a month and a half ago. Okay. Well, I'm sure yeah, a little bit of a nice And yeah. I'm sure that, uh, these Tommy John surgeries are pretty routine anymore. Yeah. So yeah. they probably feel pretty comfortable that he'll come in, and he'll be a heck of a good pitcher. Yeah. Ole, Miss, uh, Ole Miss would have been – Something to reckon with had he not been hurt because uh, Doug Nukesey, their left-handed starter, was drafted in the second round. Uh, Hoagland, their their other other number one starter, was drafted in the first round. So <laughs> you hear Pierre and I talk about um, Mike Bianco. Mike Bianco now has to go back and find a whole new starting rotation like that. He had a doggone good one this year. It was, some of those games were fun to listen to, but and now remember, he's got to find a whole new rotation. Yeah, and remember, unlike the other the football and basketball, in MLB, they have to, I forget what the date is this year in August, if they don't like where they're drafted, if they're right they out of high school, even Correct. some of the they juniors, can go back, the juniors yeah. they can you know, they can go back to college, the juniors, seniors, you know, you got, as they call them, the super seniors or the COVID seniors, you know, this year, yep. some of them. And remember, you know, if you're freshmen. drafted out of high school and you don't elect to sign and you go to college, it's a three-year commitment. You wait until your twenty first birthday or yeah, after your junior year or your red shirt sophomore year. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Now this is an interesting stat I heard and I did not know this and this was mentioned again with Rod Bradford talking to Mutt uh, last night, that apparently Nessun is having the highest rating in for baseball between eight people from eighteen to thirty five since two thousand eleven. 
Wow. So younger oh, the beer people, and chicken year. I don't. Yeah, I don't know whether yeah. it's the people are just you know uh, got into it a little bit with during. Well, first of all, the Red Sox playing real well, but they played real well. They won it in thirteen and eighteen, so that isn't it. You know, but you just figure, and you know, and it's a team that's kind of come out of the, the blue, but eight eleven didn't. But my point is. They're, they're selling baseball short for younger people. And, and they said the other night, Rob Bradford and, and uh, uh, Will Fleming were doing the game Friday night. They said the crowd was really young. They said, you know, people were there and, you know, they, they noticed the, the youth of the crowd. So, you know, it, it's uh, maybe baseball. Now, that uh, clearly means we're going to have a strike and ruin it because that's what <laughs> yeah. baseball does. But I'm just saying right that. now, I see younger people with the stuff with Otani, with the, with the stuff in various cities, with different teams, things that had happened during COVID. And people maybe got uh, back into it like a little – they had time to sit down and actually watch baseball net last year and maybe got into it a little bit i don't know but uh, that's that's what they said so well, I, I would think though if the, and i mean it would only take maybe one or two but if there was one or two people of reason in baseball somebody on the owner side wouldn't you sit manfred down don't you sit tony don't you sit down with tony clark somebody on his right. side right. and just say guys baseball is maybe doing pretty well right now. Please don't screw it up. Please don't yes. screw it up. They're doing, better. they're doing better than they've done in the last, like said, not just with that, but I mean, ratings have been up the highest they've been in the last uh, five to ten years in most markets. And even yeah. on the national game, they've had the highest ratings since like But if you if you look at the last, what, year, year plus that we've been dealing with it, if there's a way to screw it up, these guys find it. They find yeah. it if there's a way to do something bad. Well, and, and people like that extra inning rule, you know, generally. And, you know, Manfred's saying, no, we're going to get rid of it. And, you know, so. Well, I you wonder know, if that's part of the negotiating. Yeah. Be a I mean, he, he, can't, he has no control over it. Because, anything. unfortunately, I don't like it. But a lot, no, of the, a lot of the managers love the seven-inning doubleheaders because it's easier on the yeah. pitching. And you yeah, will yeah. see – you've seen rainouts a lot quicker this year than if they had to play nine-inning doubleheaders. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. Um, that's why I've been advocating for the last couple of weeks about uh, there has to be some sort of shakeup in New York because, let's face it, love them or hate them, the Yankees are a very popular franchise. And – Normally, if George was around, you'd hear all kinds of Yankees news. Oh, there would be all two managers by now yeah. this year. You know? yeah. And uh, that, that is the one team that needs to make a major shakeup, and there probably won't be anything done. Well, you know, I really think it, it goes more to, to Brian Cashman because, you know, this is a very slow – Slugger oriented. It, it reminds me of a team of like old Red Sox teams. It's just not. There's no life to it. And of course, nothing wor- looks worse than a baseball team that's not hitting. But you know, that's just, right. <clears throat> the idea that they are very right-handed for some reason, and they're in Yankee Stadium. How do you do and, that? And in yeah. Yankee Stadium, you need left-handers. You know, it's yeah. like yeah. And they right. do some straight. They've been talking on FAN how uh, Stanton, when he played for Florida, he was a pretty good outfielder. They will not put him in the field under any circumstance. The Yankees won't, which means they, you know, if they use their other catcher, that means they can't use Sanchez as a DH. They're, no, what they're afraid of, what they're remember, afraid of, was, Rick. What they're afraid of, Rick, is it'll hurt. He'll hurt himself. Yeah, that's I guess, what but I'm it, wondering. Yeah. But I'm also wondering, Rick. He may, he was, but he is, all his injuries seem to happen after he left Miami. So I'm thinking maybe that's the reason he doesn't can't yeah. play in the field. But I mean, they're, they're, they're stuck in that way towards Judge, too. They've given him a lot of days off because I think they're afraid he's going to get injured. Right. You can only give so many people so many days off. That's right. That's right. And they, and and they, won't, that, and that, and they will not sit Sanchez. Because, I mean, he may be a great hitter, but boy, he, he will, he's a lousy catcher. Oh, yeah. 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 
Mm-hmm. And another thing the Yankees have done, and, uh, you know, uh, they always do this, but they have handed out ridiculous contracts or, or picked pick up ridiculous contracts. Yeah. Even if they do make a general manager or manager change, whoever takes over those spots is going to have difficulty plugging these people in right spots. Yeah, they, uh, it, Rick, are they still you know, paying Ellsbury? I don't even know. No, you they're know, done with yeah, they're they're done. Oh, yeah, they are. I think, yeah. yeah. No, I, I mean, think they're done with him, Rick. Are they? Oh, I thought they yeah. retired. I've never heard him announce that. He retired, so I don't know. I don't know, but uh, you know, it, it's you know, because if you turn on FAN, you, you hear about the mess on a daily basis in New York. Yeah. You know, yeah. So, so any other baseball notes before we move on to hockey? Well, we, well, we can we do have a hand. So Jamal, okay. if you okay. want to, if you want to unmute yourself, Jamal. Jamal of the first place White Sox. Yes, yeah. Yes. He of the first White place White Sox. Hello, right. how are y'all doing? All right, Jamal. Right. We're doing good, Jamal. How about you? You, you guess me right, even though I'm calling from a different phone number on this one. But nevertheless, yeah. oh, we can. You know, we we have uh, Jamal detectors all over the country. Jamal, Jamal, yeah. we have our secret service force that will find you wherever you go. <laughs> <laughs> right, fully vetted. What, what's up, Jamal? Well, I'm happy about the first place White Sox. Yep. I'm hoping the White Sox could. Uh, I hope the White Sox could get the best record in the American League and have home field advantage throughout the playoffs. And, uh, and I hope, hopefully, <laughs> bless you. Thank you. Hopefully the White and hopefully also the White Sox could get healthy the second half, get back Jimenez, get back uh, and get back Louis Roberts, and they hit start hitting. Eloy well, Jimenez, Houston, Jamal is Houston. hold on, Chris. Eloy Jimenez, Jamal just started his rehab, I think, uh, two days ago. Yeah, yeah, I heard that. Well, the so, White Sox technically have the best record right now. I just looked it up. I knew it was close. White Sox are fifty-four and thirty-five. The Red Sox in Houston are fifty-five and thirty-six. So there you go. So they're all within percentage points of each other. Good. Yeah. I just don't. I just don't want the White Sox going to Houston for what I fe- what I fear, Jamal, with the White Sox when they get to the playoffs is. It's, they're going to have such an easy time winning that division. You hope that they don't kind of cruise, they keep it turned on, and don't turn it off and then have to try to turn it on again. Right, but I would like to see White Sox make it, make one more trade. I frankly think the White Sox would, it would behoove them to try to, try to uh, yank Mr. Bryant away from the Cubs, put him at third base. they got to give up Moncada, fine, you know. Well, it's well, going to. I have a feeling. I have a feeling. If you want Bryant, you're probably going to pay a pretty good price for him. I, I, yeah. if, I, if we had to give Kopech, fine, you know. Yeah, give away the old Red Sox. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> well, gee, we're we're uh, finding destinations for Rizzo and the, the Red problem, Sox. The problem that I think Bryant would be will be okay. You know, if indeed Jed does anything, the problem you're going to have with Rizzo is he's had a back injury for. a a couple different a couple different years oh, okay. now. Unfortunately, when you have those back injuries, Howie Rose was talking about this the other day. Back injuries, once they happen, they generally do not go away. True. Yeah. So, okay. Anything else, Jamal? Yes. As for uh, the All Star Game, it'll be interesting to see how uh, what happens in the All Star Game. Well, at least we don't have Bud Selig to screw up the All Star game. <laughs> at least we won't have a tie. At least let's hope we don't have a tie exactly. game, uh, Jamal. Exactly. At least uh, Manfred has decided to mess up the All Star game yet. <laughs> I suppose we could give him some time. Yeah. Yet is the key word, Jamal. Second base in ten innings and all the nonsense. So. Hmm. Yeah. So. Oh. Okay. Right. 
Well, we're talking baseball, but I, before we get to the NHL, I, want to re- I forgot to remind everybody, it should have just done earlier when we were talking about the miscellaneous course. We got the British Open uh, Thursday morning at 3 a.m. Yep. Eastern over at Royal St. George's. And, and of course, it's uh, Peacock, the Golf Channel, and NBC, so that you can see the early stuff in the middle of the night on Peacock, and then about five or six a.m. Wake, wake up and watch it on Golf Channel, and then Saturday and Sunday you'll see the later part on uh, NBC. So. Mm-hmm. And, I'll, and I'll be fast asleep when that starts. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm sure you will. So, all right. So, moving on to the NHL, we have a few things here. Of course, Tampa Bay did win the Stanley Cup uh, Wednesday night, uh, and so they won the series four games to one over Montreal. And Andre Vasilevsky won the uh, uh, the uh, Conn Smythe Trophy with any at five shutouts uh, in the series, and four of which clinched the series. And two one nothing victories, the one over the Islanders and the one over the uh, Canadiens. So that's pretty amazing. Yep. And uh, so, and he's the first uh, to uh, let's see, what is it? The first uh, goalie to win the Conn Smythe since Dryden did it in seventy seven and seventy eight. Yeah, I think and, they, and Tampa Bay is the first team to go back to back since the uh, two thousand sixteen and seventeen Penguins. That's right. That's right. So that that was good. I guess I think they had a. Bo- I heard they were going to have an. I don't know how it was going to work. A boat parade. They had it yesterday. They had it yesterday. And, and, and the Stanley Cup got broke. Yep. Yeah, the bowl, the bowl part of the Stanley Cup was broken. Uh, it got broke. You got dented, so it's going up Canada to get fixed. And remember, they had the boat parade with the uh, Buccaneers. Oh, the Buccaneers. And oh, okay. they were oh, that's right. The, they were throwing the uh, trophy back and forth. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, right. By, by, the, by, they, the way, by the way, sorry about this, Chris, but just going back to baseball for just a second. Right. Speaking, when you mentioned Canada, Toronto, uh, there's uh, something just came across the athletic. Toronto is hopeful that they will be able to return to Canada at the end of the month. Um, wow. Toronto presented a plan to the Canadian government to allow them to play at their home field, and they are hopeful that by the end of the month they could do that. That just comes okay. across. Okay. All right. Uh, and speaking so, of Tampa, when, yeah, they yeah. had those. They were, they were thrown, and they're, but they had a full crowd, it seems like, at the at the river yesterday because of, you know, oh, yeah. restrictions. They're already far, calling I, I mean, think about it. They're, calling the town, they're, they're already calling the town. They're starting to call it Champa Bay now because yeah. Oh, yeah. Do Stanley, Stanley Cups and ALCS and a Super Bowl yep. in like a 10-month period. So we have the hockey calendar upcoming. A lot of these things uh, will happen. The expansion draft will be occurring on the 21st of next week, uh, next Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And then the draft will be the 23rd, so <laughs> a week from Friday. 23rd, 24th, the, 23rd the amateur draft. Yeah, 23rd, 24th, the amateur draft. And then the free agency will start on the 29th of July. And the season- now will this draft here, will, will, will this start the draft on ESPN? Okay, uh, the expansion draft and the NHL draft will be on ESPN, and uh, and on Saturday, I'm sure the NHL Network will have coverage as well. And as I didn't know this, as part of this deal, uh, ESPN will be taking ownership of the NHL Network. So oh. they're going they're going to they're going to put the NHL Network in their portfolio. So the NHL Network will be owned by Disney, along with ABC and all the other properties that they own. Okay. And so that so the NHL is uh, you know they're gonna as Ned Martin used to say about a long night game they're gonna with a day game after they're gonna have to sleep fast because uh, they're gonna be starting uh, you know with games uh, in early part of October and the you know Tampa Bay and uh, Canadians just got done last week so it's gonna be a, yep. a short off season for everybody and they're very compressed. Uh, and uh, more than the NBA, because the NBA is starting uh, a couple of weeks later. So, And in a few days, and I, I forget when the deadline is, Chris, but in a few days, all teams will have to submit their protected list. It's the 17th. Uh, oh, it's uh, seven. Okay, yep. that, that'll be yep. on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, yep. So on and Saturday, all, all 31 teams 
will have to submit their uh, protected list on, on teams. But nobody's protecting their restricted, unrestricted free agents. I know no, that. No, they're not. They don't don't no. want to use the roster spot because you don't even right. know if you're going to get the guy back. So, right. You know, but I don't think that, uh, you know, uh, Seattle is going to want to take any of them either. So it's, it's mm. all the same, you know. No. So so there was a couple. There was a trade today. Duncan Keith that got traded from the Blackhawks to Edmonton and for a younger defenseman. And uh, so what was your thought? What were your thoughts on that, Robert? Well, I think the I think the Blackhawks are once again in salary cap purgatory, and I think this is this is why this move was made um, because Duncan Keith has been a long, long lasting, uh, lifelong Blackhawk. He's one, he's a part of all three Stanley Cup teams, and I believe this leaves Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane as the only two people left. On those on those Stanley Cup teams, okay, and of course Doug and Keith is from Canada, but he's from Vancouver, so uh, he's going to be with, with, in Edmonton with uh, Connor McDavid, and we'll see how that works out. Okay, Dominic Ducharme got a three-year extension on his contract. Of course, managing the uh, coaching the Canadians to the final, so that yep. uh, that was good. And yep. I don't know if we mentioned it last week or not, but Atlanta did that. I think they, we did. Uh, Nate McMillan got his contract too. Yes, so, uh, we, yes, you know. mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Dominic Ducharme was the uh, was in the next coach on that list, and they finally did that today. They they took the interim tag off and gave him a three-year deal. So and uh, um, Minnesota bought out the contracts of Zach Parisi and. And, uh, Ryan, Ryan uh, Suter, Ryan uh, Suter, Suter, and yeah. uh, and the, you, you're hearing that they might end up with the Islanders. Yeah, I, uh, the Islanders seem to be interested in both players, but with the way the NHL works, they were officially bought out today. There, uh, and what that means is you go on waivers for 24 hours, and if, if somebody claims you, then they pick up uh, they pick up your your existing contract. Mm-hmm. And both both Parisi and Suter had like four years left on their 13 year deals, so um, no team is going to do that. So they're going to clear waivers and. Uh, Starting tomorrow, they'll they'll be free to to sign with anybody they want, and Minnesota will pay them six point seven million dollars over the next eight years. So, if you're a Minnesota Wild fan, your salary cap may be affected for the next eight years because they're going to be on your books for that. So, and by the way, Chris, as you well know, I always point this out to you: Parisi played his minor hockey in Iowa. Okay. Yeah. All right. So and of course, of course, Zach started with the Devils, and I believe he he was a right. part of one of those Stanley Cup teams. In so that's Germany. why they're thinking about him in the because uh, Lou Lamorello's and uh, with the Islanders. So that's why yeah. we'd want to bring him back. So there you go. Okay. So the NBA. And, uh, wait a minute. Oh, one more hockey. One go, more. go ahead, Frick. Uh The national goaltender, um, um, Pecorini, he retired today. Oh, I didn't hear that. Thank you, Rick. Yeah. Good career. Good career. Yeah. Frick. Fifteen years, I think they said. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Okay. So the NBA, of course, uh, the NBA final continue. Phoenix leads Milwaukee two games to one. Bucks won game three by about 20 points the other night. And yeah, 120-100. Got themselves back in, at least on the board in the series. And then, uh, so uh, we've already talked about Maria Taylor and Rachel Nichols, but that was kind of an NBA store story yeah. in a way. Uh, mm-hmm. So anyway, we'll see how that all shakes out and where Rachel Nichols ends up next year with, you know, what she'll end up doing. Okay, because uh, she's probably going to go somewhere. Okay, yeah. so we had some first, uh, some interesting, 
interesting stats in the finals in the first game that David gave us. So Chris Paul got 32 points and nine uh, and nine uh, uh, nine assists, and he was the second with more than 30 and nine in his first playoff game, uh, final game ever. Michael Jordan did it in his first game against the Lakers in uh, 40 uh, in 91 with 36 91. points and 12 assists. So and then. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Deford uh, Aiden, uh, twenty-two points. Andre Aiden. Andre Aiden. Okay, Andre. I don't know. What, okay, yeah. DeAndre uh, De Aiden. I think it's DeAndre. Yeah. I think that's what he's. Yeah, yeah. Uh, twenty-two points, nineteen rebounds, and eighty percent shooting, and he's the fourth player in uh, with a twenty uh, point fifteen rebounds and more than eighty percent, eighty percent or more uh, shooting. Of course, centers are the ones that get the eighty percent. Bill yeah. Russell did it uh, in nineteen sixty-four in the second game of the uh, Celtics Warriors series. Uh, Lou Alcindor and Wilt. Uh, Lou Alcindor did it in 1971 in his first game and Wilt did it um, in uh, a game against the uh, Knicks in 1972. So uh, that, that was uh, good for those guys and uh, let's see I think he had the uh, Bill had uh, 23 points, 25 rebounds and a 91% and, uh, in 64 and then game one in 71 uh, Alcindor had 31 points, 16 rebounds and 81% and then game three in 72 Wilt had 26 points only 26 points for Wilt. We always think of him with so many points. <laughs> Later on in his career, he didn't, because when he started to play with better players, when the you know the Sixers got better, and then he went with the Lakers and Jerry West and stuff, he didn't score as much. 26, 20 rebounds, and 90%. And, of course, uh, I would point it out in a message that uh, Bill Russell did that game in 64 against Wilt when he was with the Warriors. So... Uh, and then most points scored for an assist on the first uh, final... Uh, Points that led points and assists, uh, you know, points that you've been involved in. Basically, Westbrook had 53 in 2012. Uh, Paul 54 uh, the other night, uh, and 20. And Jordan had uh, 60 and uh, 91, and uh, and Iverson 61 in 2001. So yeah, in other you words, score 34 points and you uh, assist on 20 more points than some of the other people get. That's what they were right. talking about. And you wanted to know, Chris, the other day who Westbrook played for in 2012. He's with yeah. Oklahoma City against yeah, I, Miami. I thought of it later, too, and Sean mentioned it. Yeah. Or, Orlando hired the Dallas assistant. Everybody's getting out of there as fast as they can. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Jamal Mosley as their new head coach. Yeah, Mosley was with, as an assistant for seven years with the Mavericks. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, well, it was a pretty stable staff, you know, with those, yeah. they were all there. Yeah, Carlisle, yeah. Carlisle had them together, and, yeah. and it all got blown up. So um, so I think that's all. Anything else on the NBA that we need to talk about? Yeah. Um, Billy said today that they're putting out fuels on trying to trade Ben Simmons. Good luck. Um, I, yeah, that's I, what I, I, I But, but the report I heard said they had like six teams interested. They mentioned uh, Toronto, Minnesota. I can't remember the rest of them. But, boy, I can't see anybody taking that contract for him. Well, and, so. Rick, what I heard is Philadelphia is asking for an all-star player in return. <laughs> Good luck. Uh, and, the, and, and the rumor is Kawhi Leonard can opt out of his contract, speaking of that. Oh. Dallas and Miami could both be interested in him if he'd mm-hmm. want to leave the West Coast or if he still thinks, hey, this is going to work with Clippers or what's going to, you know, Dallas yeah. and Miami. Are yeah, he, well, he does have an opt-out, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. we'll see what he does. So the only thing that I know of in pro football, but I'm sure Rick has more stuff, maybe some other, the XFL, and this is a mistake I think the XFL is making. Uh, the XFL is, for, well, they're not going to deal with the CFL, which is fine. That's not a big deal. You know, they can yeah. work things out or not. But they're not going to play until 2023. The problem is we've just, we've said it like three times tonight that we expect there to be a baseball strike. And the thing is, if you had spring football, it would go crazy without baseball. Some people could do outdoors. Some people know, they know the sport, you know, it's not like soccer 
oh, we're going to go watch the soccer team? Not really, you know, unless you have a lot of kids that play soccer and they like to do those youth things that they do. But, you know, people know football. You could fill up a stadium with people who are, hey, I would be going to Fenway Park. Or, well, we don't have a team, but I would be going to see the Nationals. I would be going to see the Cardinals. And we have these teams, and I'm going to go see the team, you know? I, I well, think they're making you, a mistake. And you know, Chris, and you know, Chris, football is already the most popular sport in the United States. Right. And, uh, and only in like 20 and 20, 30,000 feet stadiums, but that's where they could come in next year. And yeah, they're, at their time, they're going to go head to head against March Madness, which they didn't get a chance to last year, so to see. Because remember, their ratings were still doing, I mean, they were still pretty good when they, they were. Ended. Well, it was February. Yeah, and, I, you know, really, February is the dead of it. People are kind of getting tired of the regular season in college basketball droning on, and it's happening in hockey and basketball, too. So they right. hit at the right time, right after the Super Bowl. It was a good Super yeah. Bowl. You know, people were still thinking it, of football. And it's, yep, it, but, I, but next I year, it's, they, I don't know. What is it that they can't get? They've got the cities. They've well, got the franchises. Okay, what can well, they get together? Of, remember, remember when Vince McMahon filed for bankruptcy right at the beginning of COVID and all that? Everybody, all of his employees, a lot of them all left, and some of them took other jobs. Like Oliver Luck was a commissioner. And remember, he was one of the ones suing Vince McMahon. So basically, The Rock is either trying to have to go back and get, uh, you know, Dwayne Johnson, for those who don't know who The Rock is, but Dwayne, the actor, who, former wrestler. But he has to, he has to go get some, see what staff he can get back. Also, see what other staff he can bring in as commissioners and GMs and all that. And so I think a lot of it was he wasn't sure about 22. He said, hey, Vince McMahon, when he came in, announced it in 2018, you know, or 20, he had a two-year building block. He didn't rush into it. He said, you know, right now he bought it at the what fall of 2020. And so he's like, let's get a couple of years and build this and see where we can go. I mean, I agree he could get it done by next year and get it on there. But I, I also get his side of it, their side of it waiting. And, you know, probably you'll see him on NBC because of his relationship with NBC and Peacock and his relationship with the WWE. And since the WWE Network is on Peacock now, and he has a sitcom on... And they, on and they lost hockey, so they got yep. more time now. Yeah, and yeah. All the, they already have a relationship, so that could be... There could, you know, maybe and maybe he's just waiting to see also on... You know, I mean, I don't know, because he know he, Maybe he thought something was going to happen with the CFL. That could, that could honestly... He thought maybe, hey, we're going to have this agreement and have this merger or whatever, and that's what he was focusing on. Well, we will, on. We will do a little bit for you. We will talk to our... Forward. We, yep. we will, uh, yeah, and we will talk to our CFL correspondent and see if he knows. If it, we did ask him the other night. He didn't know what was going on. We don't know when they're coming back. If they're, uh, no. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, he heard, Chris, that they might uh, start a season in August, but uh, they haven't put anything out yet. Well, they, you would think they'd have training camps just about starting if they're going to do I that. Know. So, I, I know. Any more NFL news? Uh, yeah. yeah the, I, oh, go ahead, Robert. I heard something today because I always make it a point of listening to uh, – uh, the Raiders podcast, and uh, um, the guy that hosts the, the show, he uh, read a thing on NFL.com uh, yesterday that Tom Pelissero put out, uh, all football teams must be at 85% like baseball. As of, as of yesterday, only seven teams have qualified for right. the 85%, so there's still 25 teams that have not. But uh, he, Tom Pelissero did not put out the seven teams that have already uh, done, done that with the vaccination. So he, uh, he, the guy said that we will find out when training camp That's opens right. who who is and who isn't. So go yeah. ahead, Rick. Well, he also said that the um, 
in, in the whole league, there seventy percent of the players have had at least one shot. Yeah. Um, now these, you know, I mean, most of these rosters have like ninety players now, so this, these percentages are going to change a lot probably when cuts are made. But yeah, that, yeah. that's the way it is right now. And the only other thing I have is. Uh, Atlanta Falcons lineman, uh, linebacker Bartimius Mingo was cut oh, yeah. by the cut over the weekend because he was arrested in a, on a charge of indecency with a child. Yeah, uh, and former, it'll, former it'll, Patriot it'll, too. He was yeah. in the Patriots. Uh, I think uh, one of the Super Bowl teams was the team in, in, uh, that they beat the Falcons. I think actually. Yeah, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't expect there would be a lot of teams uh, rushing no. to sign him because no. with that kind of a charge. No, no, because no. it does look to be pretty serious. So we'll wait and see what in happens. Two weeks we'll have training. Camp and our first uh, yes. major injuries will have occurred, and all kinds of good stuff. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. always yeah. First day of practice, some major player always goes down. Yeah. You know, just yeah. don't know. Then you got to and then August you got to start watching players like like Barkley and and Burrows and stuff, and see how they're proceeding with their not. recoveries from their injuries. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Okay, so I guess we could throw in the Olympics here, and uh, we had uh, Sean. You had the story uh, today. Uh, we have a, a guy that uh, doesn't know his. Uh, well, he doesn't know people apart in those faraway yeah, okay. countries, shall we put it? Thomas, yeah. Thomas Bach, the head of the IOC. Where is he from, by the way? Is he from this country, or is he from another country? No, he's Germany. Uh, I don't know where he's. At. I don't know if he's England or Ireland. I'm not going to say. I know he's not American. He's okay. not American. I know that, but. Uh, there hasn't been an American head of the IOC in a long time. It's the great yeah. Avery Brendage who could have done just exactly the same thing as this guy did. Yeah, anyway, but right basically, he was over giving a pep talk to the folks, and he was saying, Tokyo, you've done a great job. You've done the best getting things, especially with all the challenges you, you've come through with COVID, and then now, you know, with last year, postponed a year, and then, you know, with all the, you know, the restrictions that are coming on, he goes, it's not just, it's good not just for the athletes, the delegates, and the Chinese people. And he goes, Japanese people, but he called them Chinese people at first. And let's just say they weren't too happy for people over there. Because, as you know, the Japanese, not just the countries, but a lot of the cultures, those two cultures do not like each other. Oh, no, they they, they were major. You know, we, we talk about all the uh, adversaries in Europe and China and Japan. Uh, that was a big part of World War II, was the well, fighting that China and Japan did. It goes back hundreds of years, even before yeah. it. It goes back centuries. Well, well, and, and you know, yeah. you take the chap the Japanese Chinese thing out. Apparently, they're not doing that well with the COVID things because there's no, not going to be any fans no. or anything like that. So apparently, no. they're well, not doing that well. J- Japan has an 18.5 percent vaccination rate. I heard, so <laughs> that's why they're not going to have any fans there. They were originally going to have. 10,000 at large events and 50% at others, but uh, they're under restrictions until August 22nd. Tokyo is because they're not getting the vaccines. Now, a lot of the athletes are vaccinated, but yeah. they're, they're not having fans because they're not uh, there. So, uh, but yeah, and there's people talking about boycotting him and just, you know, boy, at, at uh, some other banquets saying, no, we're not going to go see this guy. We're not, you know. But well, I think it's he, a given that the uh, president of the IOC is supposed to be an idiot anyway. I think that's like yeah, part of the contract. But so. on another note, yeah. in the Olympics, as they're playing exhibition games right now, USA Basketball. And they've lost to Nigeria and Australia. And people yeah. are panicking. I'm like, <laughs> okay, they've had four days of practice. These guys have had four days. Four days to practice, and uh, you know, and they don't even have all their team. They don't have all of their team yet because some of them are still in the NBA finals. So I mean, right. how are they going to? Uh, who's the coach? I forget who the coach is. Popovich. Uh, Popovich. Popovich. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And so. You know, there's a lot of it, there. I've heard a lot of people on Twitter last night saying that Popovich needs to go. 
well, yeah, okay. and okay, also you have to look at this now. The NBA, probably what, a quarter, maybe almost a third of the NBA are international players, so they're catching up a little bit with the yeah, Americans. We're going to have these losses, but... You know, I mean, I, I'm not going to take it too seriously. If they no. now he doesn't win the gold medal or whatever, I don't know. It's just yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, then he'll be that's out. I mean, you're you're supposed to win the gold medal, and if you don't, you know, you kind of go down. That's a black mark against your record. You know, unless yeah. I think maybe they'll give an excuse. And I don't know who the coach was in '72, but they think that was such a bad call with the Russians. But other than that, if you don't win the gold medal, uh, John Thompson, different ones, the coach didn't didn't yeah. do it, and you know, there's they, certainly been uh, yeah. ramifications afterwards as far as their career was concerned. Mm-hmm. So. Anyway, so I think that so Robert, we had a little. Yeah, last week we were talking. You wasted time, and we were going to explain how you <laughs> wasted time. So Robert had to leave our show early to be in this press conference about the uh, fight that was going to be on <clears throat> July twenty fourth in Las Vegas. Well, there won't be a fight on July twenty fourth in Las Vegas. So what happened, Robert? Um. Well, uh, two days after I was a part of the uh, teleconference with uh, Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury, it came out that Tyson Fury and ten members of his training camp tested positive for COVID. And uh, so the fight is off. Uh, They're hoping to reschedule it either in September or October. But the problem they're going to have is they were supposed to use uh, Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. And, of course, that's the new new stadium for the Raiders to play in. Uh, But with football season occurring, uh, they don't know if dates are going to be available because UNLV is going to be using uh, Allegiant Stadium for their college football home games. That's part of the agreement for the Raiders to be there. They have to allow UNLV to play their college football games there. So, uh, And normally big fights occur on Saturdays. So they're going to have to find a different venue uh, in Vegas to host this. They don't want to move it out of Las Vegas, but they may have to, depending because apparently a lot of UK people had bought tickets and were going to fly over here. So yeah. um, if there's well, another, if there's a buy or week where either the Raiders are on the road or have a bye week and UNLV's on the road, they may be able to find the dates. Yeah, so uh, they have to look at dates and figure out when they're going to reschedule this. So, uh, unfortunately, no heavyweight title fight uh, on the 24th, so we'll wait and see what happens. Okay, so I think we are ready for the poll question, are we not? Yes, we are, and you can call in 646-876-9923 or download the Zoom app and dial 287 723 4600 hit town key twice. Uh, star nine, raise your hand on the phone. Alt line the computer. Uh, more key on your smartphone. And the poll question is: What are some of your favorite all baseball all star memories? Okay. Well, um, I think we did this about a year ago, and because uh, it was around when All Star Break game would have been, you know. Yeah, we, we didn't were... <laughs> have official poll question yet, but we did talk about we did this. Yeah. So I went to one of the All Star games. The, the you know the, my two top memories are Fenway Park All Star game, 1961. I went to the one, uh, the second one of 1961, 59 through 62. They played two games, and we had the second one. The first one was cool because Stu Miller got blown off the mound. That was pretty cool. Yeah. That was in Candlestick Park. Yeah, yep. Candlestick. But uh, then they came to Fenway. Way, and it was a 1-1 tie after nine innings, and it started to rain. It was a pretty good thunderstorm, and my father looked out there and said, let's go, because we're not going to play again. And he was right, figuring also it was an all-star game, and they weren't going to make people play. But it was a 1-1 game, and it was it was a cool game. You know, I think the National League was ahead, and the American League tied it up. I mean, it was a pitcher's duel, and, but we had Kofax, we had, you know, uh, Drysdale, we had, you know, Louie Mays, we had all these National League guys there. and You know, it was, it was kind of cool. Don Schwal was on the team from the Red Sox. Oh, boy. You know, who was going to be Rookie of the Year. 
year. I don't think he has made the team. I don't know if any other Red Sox, maybe Malzone or something, wasn't much of a Red Sox team. Then, of course, 99, uh, the great uh, memories of everybody has of the Fenway Park All-Star Game when uh, everybody gathered around Ted Williams and were talking to him when he was introduced. And then Pedro comes out and strikes out the National League, strikes out the side, I think it was. And you know, probably almost one of those. Nowadays, we have the immaculate innings. It was not that, but it was close to it, you know, with the nine pitches for the nine strike. And, uh, you know, you don't, you do see that once in a while now. <clears throat> but Pedro, uh, you know, and then it was so funny because it was uh, really hyped up for Ted Williams and Pedro. Second inning on the crowd, I guess they were there, but they weren't making much noise at all. It was just turned into the exhibition game that it is. But, um, you know, it was those are the two memories. And then the well, crummy memory was Dick Raddatz started to lose it in 64. They made him pitch. I actually heard that game on last year when they were replaying a lot of stuff. I think it was on a third inning of pitching. And not that Raddatz couldn't do that. He had done it a lot. But, he, you know, he gave up a home run to Johnny Callison and the National League won the game in 64. And then after that, he was never quite the same. He, you know, just didn't really uh, do as much as he had in 62, 63 in the first half of 64. And then, um, I don't know, they, oh, in the 2002 game, everybody remembers the tie. And I, I'm sitting yeah. there thinking, uh, they're using all the pitchers. Uh, what's going to happen here? <laughs> and uh, they did use all the pitchers. That was a long game. It went way past midnight in the east. And, uh, uh, 12 innings, I believe. 12 innings, but it was just long because of all the pitching changes and everything else. And, uh-huh. So uh, anyway, so those are the you know some of my memories of the altar. Rick? Um before I give mine, I'll ask you a question, Chris, because um, I barely remember, like, the last year that they had the two All-Star games. Like, what, two, what, yeah. You know, when did they have, I mean, was it like a third and two-thirds into the season? Or? No, no, they did them about three weeks apart. So what they would do is, oh, really? oh. first one around now, like, they, you know, so, like, the the uh, the one that I was talking about in 61, the first, the one in San Francisco was July 11th, and then uh, the one that was here was July 31st. So usually it'd be right at the end of July, beginning of August, and, and the week that you'd normally have the All-Star games. So about three weeks apart. So were they the same teams? Uh, yeah, they were, you know, unless something, obviously somebody got hurt or whatever. But yeah. Basically, they were the same team. And okay. they, of course, do American League Park and a National League Park. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, well, of course. Uh, I'm like, sorry. In 60, they did them two days apart. Now, this was weird. Really? I just remember this. They did two days apart during the week of the Democratic Convention. Okay. So they did it Monday in New York and Wednesday, or no, Monday in Kansas City, Wednesday in New York. So they were both American League Park. So that was good. game series. Another year. <laughs> yeah. They must have, maybe in 59, they'd done two National I think they, yeah. They did because it was Pittsburgh and Los Angeles in '59. That's right. You know, in the Dodgers uh, Stadium. They weren't in. Uh, they were. That was the Coliseum then. So yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, but then '61 and '62, they went back and forth. Dodgers Stadium didn't open until '62. So correct. And so, what the deal was? The reason that they did it was supposed to be for the pension uh, money. You know, that yeah. was what they were building up. That was the excuse they gave to do it. But after '62, they just decided they weren't going to do the two anymore. And with more expansion, more travel to the West Coast, everybody had to do. I think they just decided it was a little too much. Right. It's interesting. Um, well, of course, I remember the, the 99 one, like Chris said, all that. Um, um, other than that, uh, was it 70 or 71? Uh, uh, Fred Lynn had a pretty massive home run in Detroit. 83. That was in 83. Yeah, what am I talking about, 71? Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, yeah. 83. Yeah. And that one, that turned things around when the American League had really yes. struggled for 30 years. And finally, uh, they did win one in 71 where Reggie Jackson hit that ball over the roof. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, hit yeah. the light tower in Tiger yeah. Stadium. Yeah, but. But yeah. Fred Lynn hit a grand slam, the yeah. first grand slam right. in all star history. That's right, yeah. 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 And, that, and that's, yeah. Uh, he was playing, I think it was on the Orioles then. Yeah. And the only uh, the only other one I have is, it was kind of not a great one, was um, 
um, Pete Rose and Ray Fossey. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yep. In, 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 uh, in Cincinnati, I think too. Yep. In yeah. Cincinnati, yeah. Uh, the two of them actually went out the night before and went to clubs and went out to dinner and and uh, then uh, the next so day. Pete was softening him up, huh? Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, that, yeah. No, Fossey Pete that ruined him. his Pete career. Better, he was going to run him over. The- <laughs> yeah. But they when you right at that time and Fisk wasn't quite there, but I mean we did still Fossey was still. Pretty good, but you would have had you know Fisk and Munson and Fossey, three great catchers in the American League. Fossey never was able to match no, what Fisk and Munson were able to do. That ruined his career, unfortunately. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, Perry. Well, Chris, you took one of mine, the the uh, 2002 uh, 12 yeah. inning debacle, yeah. if you will, and unfortunately, many believe that hurt the Cubs in the 2016 World Series because had they not had that stupid rule that uh, <laughs> the home team, you know, the home team of the World Series was determined by the All Star game, the Cubs would have had the four home games at Wrigley Field. So uh-huh. they might have won the World Series in front of their own fans. But that's probably my biggest one because unlike you guys, we play in Iowa, we play summer baseball and softball. So during the All-Star games, very typically, I have baseball and you know stuff that actually counts that I can yeah. listen to. Right. And so, uh, Bill, we'll go to you. Okay, let's see. I think we did this last year, as I recall. 1967, Tony Perez hitting the home run the 15th inning or something like that? Yeah, that was in Anaheim State. Anaheim, and that game started like, you know, in the old days, until 68, the first night All-Star game in Houston. In 67, they would have started at 4 o'clock, and that was a long game, too. That got over like after 9 o'clock in the evening. Very well remembered that game. Of course, the Ray Fossey, and you know, Ray Fossey was never the same after that to me. No. Um, something about the Reds also. What year was the Ray Fossey? Was that? That was 1970. And that was at Riverfront, too. That yep. was at Riverfront. Then they had another one in 88, but I don't remember too, too so much about that. Um, I'm the, sure the Reds are famous it. for stuffing the ballot box. I think it was in 1950. <laughs> uh, but the game was going to be, I think, in Cincinnati. I think it was like 57 or something, 57, and they stuffed the yeah. ballot box. So that, that's why the fans couldn't vote from like 1958 to like 1970. And I remember sitting there. We had our friend Ralph, and he could, uh, I don't know who was still out there. I think my friend Ralph was doing it. We were sitting there voting for the all We were taking it very seriously and sitting there debating this and that and voting for the All-Star game, and you could pass the ballot down to the end of the row and everything. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that was kind of cool. Yeah, no, I was reading See, it, yeah. and that's another thing. Yeah. Chris, my yeah. brother and I used to do that. When we had a Class A baseball team in uh, Waterloo, when, where I grew up, we would go to the to the games and we would do that too we would vote for the all-stars at that point you know at the, at mm-hmm. the stadium yeah yeah and you know you can't do that anymore because now everything's done online you, yeah, you, is, right. but back then they don't hand back out then the, not oh. only not only did you vote at the major league stadiums but you could vote at the minor league stadiums right yeah yeah, yeah. because we could and vote we for the major league all-star game that san antonio missions games in the 80s yeah. right well, you couldn't trust yeah. those guys at the end of the row that picked up the ballots. You know, that's what the ballots are. You were punching out holes that could be hanging chads. Yeah, that's what they were hanging. I bet there was some hanging chads. You know what, though? Rather than to pass somebody to the end of the row, my brother, they had a little box that you could put them in on the way out. And my brother said, rather than to do that, he said, I'm putting ours in the box ourselves. Yeah, we had that too. You could do that, yeah. Yeah. 
Well, oh, Dropboxes. People... We can't have that. The other thing I was going to say, was, that's what the other, you know, they give them five votes now or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's yeah. maybe what the politicians ought to do. Give everybody <laughs> five, five votes yeah, and then right. they'll stop this fraud stuff. <laughs> <laughs> everybody okay. will get a chance. Okay. I, I right. think, though, if everybody, if they get five, Rick, I think you and I should get ten. What do you think? That's right. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. <laughs> okay, Robert. Um, well, uh, a couple, of my, uh, three of mine have already been taken. The '99 thing with Ted Williams—that that was that was awesome. I don't know if we'll ever see anything like no. that again. Uh, of course, '71 with uh, Reggie Jackson totally wiping out the light tower in Tiger Stadium—that was that was something to see. And of course, '70 uh, with uh, Ray Fossey—that was a very tragic thing. Um, yeah. You know, you didn't, of course. Uh, he even said, because he's on Ace TV a lot, and he's even said if they had the medical advances that they had today, I, you know, everything could have been fixed and his career would, would have been a lot better than what it turned out to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, of course, Fred Lynn, uh, does anybody remember who the pitcher was that gave up that historic grand slam? No, I don't. Uh, that was uh, Adley Hemaker. He was oh, pitching yeah, for the yeah. he was pitching Adley for the Giants. Yeah. He was pitching Giants. for the Giants back then. Didn't Bo Jackson have a big uh, home run in the All Star game too, like in '89 or yeah, something? Yeah, Bo Jackson yeah. did one in '89. Oh, yeah, '89. Yeah. Yeah, yep. Oh, and Cal um, Ripken in 2001 had that home run in his last All Star bat. Yeah, that's that was his so last All. Yeah, and that that's how the game ended, I believe. Well, it wasn't a walk off, but they no. they may have won it on that. But that was that was pretty much a grooved pitch, I think. That's, I, I, yeah, I think I, I forget who the pitcher was. Yeah, I, but I think yeah. I think he did it on purpose, like here, Cal. Just just we'll go to uh, we'll have Sean, we'll have Sean coming up, and then we have Al with his hand up, and David USF. Okay. We'll go. We'll take okay. them to that order. So one more. Sean is just, just about of, done. Al, go ahead and unmute when you're you know when the first right. night All Star game in Houston. Willie Mays walked. He stole second base. He went to third on a ground ball and he scored on a on a fly ball. And that was the only run of the game. One nothing. The National League won, but it was William, you know, we always think of Willie Mays and the power and all that stuff. Willie Mays right. could do everything. Oh, he could do That's everything. Right. Yeah. Go ahead, Sean. Okay, I figured out how come we've talked about some of these. Remember last year when we did this week in sports history, we had a number of these all-star oh, games yeah. on different oh, days. Yeah. So oh, yeah. that's where it came. We didn't have it as a poll question. So it's not a repeat right. poll question. That you're wondering. But anyway, well, you took my 83, and, and I was going to say Adley Hamper. You took 89 with Bo Jackson and the Cal Ripley. You took those three and 2000. And you took 2002. Y'all took four of mine. And I, remember okay. this Cal, I, I do remember Cal Ripken, man. That was just going out. But Bo hitting that—I mean, Bo hitting that home run in '89—he just wow, that was, yep. and the Grand Slam. I can't believe it went to '83 with the first Grand Slam. That yeah. that always yeah. amazed me. Because, but the one I remember and it stands out in a lot of ways. 1981, the strike year. It was oh, yeah. on a Sunday. Remember, we all talked. We've talked about that. How they were coming back with the second half of the season. Mm-hmm. And the one reason it stands out to me is because it was Sunday night. We were all packed up to leave Missouri to go to Louisiana. And I just remember we had no furniture in the house, but we we left portable TV in so we could watch the All Star game. And we're we're all laying on beanbag chairs and stuff, you know. Got to get up six in the morning, but Dad, we've got the All Star game on. Watching is the last last sporting event in that house in Missouri, so it always kind of stands out to me. And the game was in Cleveland. Yeah, yeah, the game was in Cleveland. That yeah. And speaking yeah. of Cleveland, and speaking of okay. Cleveland, let's let's go to Al and see what his memories are. How's it going, Al? 
Well, real good, gentlemen. How's everybody doing? Good, good. good. Uh, We're good. Human, human evening here in Cleveland. Oh. But anyway, uh, yeah, Ray Fossey, going back to 1970, first try to get my other memories. Uh, Ray Fossey was never the same. No. Got hurt. Yeah, he never came back the same. Great great guy, though. Anyway, uh, I also remember 1981 uh, All-Star game due to the fact that ended the baseball strike. I was so happy that yeah. the strike was over Sunday. And uh, I remember I, I was working at Western Electric that night. I didn't get to hear all the All-Star games because I had to go to bed, get up at 5 in the morning yeah. on Monday. <laughs> and yeah. the uh, 1997 All-Star game of Sandy Alomar hit winning home run. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. The National League. And also, uh, the last one, uh, I fell asleep on this one, 2009, no, 2008, the old Yankee Stadium, that game ended at almost 2 in the morning. I think it went like yeah. 15 innings. Oh, yeah. That was a memorable one. <laughs> yeah, we've had some long ones. And that's yeah. when, they, when I thought they are going to run out of players, but they managed to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, those yeah. are my memories. Well, it was it was the one time, Al, you see a, a whole bunch of fans, other than the opening day and whatever they're giving away some, in that old <laughs> municipal stadium, the one time you see a ball would be the All-Star game, you know? That's right, yeah. yeah. When when the announcers, uh, were, I've given you know, the uh, network announcer Jack Buck, I think was one of them. But anyway, I, I had the three WE with Herb Score. He was and uh, Neff Chandler. They were doing a game uh, for the Indians. I was like, you never mm-hmm. heard a crowd uh, sound so loud or, or roaring, you know? <laughs> I said, wow, I never heard this day. It's way before my time in '48, probably. <laughs> yeah, well, that's right. Yeah, '48. Yeah. And hey, there was a game uh, when you were younger too, out in '63 in Cleveland. I remember that. Yeah, one. yeah, it was uh, 11 and a half at that time. I don't remember. Yeah, that. but they. I, I know they, of course, the National League won because they did all those years. But, uh, I remember I, the whole day that day, too. Wow. <laughs> okay. Anyway, you guys take care. Thanks for the call, Al. Sure. Okay, thanks for thanks, the call. Da- David USF, you are up now. All right. Hello. Oh. I think David may have muted himself. Yeah, it's star six. Star, it's star six. Star, on oh, oh, yeah. There he is. There we go. There, there we go. go. A couple of things, sir. First, the first one is a little nit I have. Um, the tennis tournament is called Wimbledon with a D. I heard you okay. correct calling it. Okay. Calling it T. Yeah, Wimbledon. That's for you. Yeah. Yeah. There is no T in Wimbledon. Uh, Thank anyway, you. Uh, no problem. Second one uh, story that came out over the weekend. I just read about today. Uh, I'll read it here. A little short story. Former New York Yankee star Joe Pepitone filed a lawsuit against. Uh, the National Baseball Hall of Fame and Museum seeking the return of the bat that Mickey Mantle used to hit his 500th home run. Uh, the suit claims that Pepitone agreed to lend the bat with the understanding that it would be returned to them. To him. Mm. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I wonder how he ended. I guess Mickey just gave it to him. I don't know. You know, whatever. Yeah. But yeah. You know. yeah. So weird. So that's all I got. That's it. Okay. okay. Cool, David. Thanks. All right. Okay, Jerry is up next. Go ahead. Unmute, Jerry. Hello, Jerry. All right, Jerry. Star six, Jerry. There oh, he knows. There you go. He knows. I'm here. I hit nine instead of six. <laughs> oh, then, well, okay. All right. My most, my most memorable thing, but I want to talk about two things. Um, the All-Star game, I will, oh, man, in 81, a bunch of us were mad. Uh, it, it was it was interesting. It was a Sunday night game, but we were at the Beacon Lodge camp for the blind. The Beacon Lodge is one of these places where there are no local stations. Uh uh, and it's rural. You had to be, you had to depend on DX to listen to the game, and and it was fading all over the place. And we were we were all upset about that. And we wanted to get home to our local stations, and it was crazy. And also, uh, I think it was David USF put up on our thing on the phone. And I want to tell you guys uh, that you can pick it up on YouTube. I was watching some of that game, uh, the, the first NBC, you know, April 9th, nineteen eighty three. 
Yeah, uh, Vin Scully and uh, Joe Garagiola. Yep. If you if you go up on YouTube, you get the pregame show and everything. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's, that's what I've got. Yeah. That's what NBC, I think what they did at that point was they had, uh, you know, because Tony Kubek and Joe Garagiola had done the games of the week, but they brought in Vin. That was, remember the last they football game? They brought Vin game, and Bob Costas yep. both. They brought yeah. Bob Costas. Yeah, and, and, uh, but uh, Vin's last football game for and thing for CBS was, the, he might have done a little more for golf or something for CBS, but his last football game was the catch there with Dwight catch. Clark. Yep. And then uh, and it, but then it took him a year to get over, and then, of course, he started to do the, uh, the he had done the World Series for CBS Radio for four years, and then he left. That was uh, the end of his time, and that started in NBC in '83. It was kind of cool. They had Tommy Lasorda kind of introduce the, and the game. That was, was kind of cool. And that was Brian Gumble had left sports gone to the Today Show, and Marv Alberts took over the NBC pregame show. If I remember yep. right. Okay, yep. I think that was Marv '83. Yeah, and so Tony Kubek and Bob Costas were together, and uh, Vin and uh, Joe Garagiola were together. Yeah, right. Uh, Jamal, if you want to unmute, and then Chris, you want to be ready. Hopefully, we can. I, hopefully, we can be done it. before we're ready for this for the start of the All Star game. Start of the game. Yeah. What, one of my biggest all-star game memories actually is twofold. The game, the infamous game that Bud Selig declared a tie. Right. And, of course, the 1983 all-star game at uh, Old Comiskey Park. Yep. Ron Kittle hitting the rooftop home run. That's right. American League Rookie of the Year. Yep. And when talking about, I heard Jerry talk about Garagiola and uh, Ritten School. I didn't know they only started in 1983. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, but I've had so many good memories of the kid watching those guys on Saturday afternoon baseball on NBC, yeah. and then Quebec and uh, Costas and the other games. Yeah. Although my yeah. one criticism of those games in those days, you did not have a broad selection of teams that they were showing. Right. Yeah. They only showed they like major that- markets as compared to nowadays. You know, brought a selection of teams you can see nationally. Well, Jamal, you know, there's a little, it's a little better than it was, but I have what we call the Magnificent Seventh as far as ESPN <laughs> on Sunday nights. You know, the Yankees, Red Sox, Mets, Braves, you know, Dodgers, Giants, Cubs, Cubs Cardinals. Cardinals. Eight yep. is eight. And that's about what you see. You occasionally Fox, somebody like Houston will sneak in there, but it's not that often, you know? Right. <laughs> the Fox regional Saturday night games, they do a lot better. Mm. And, with yeah. the, and the FS1. Yeah, they do a lot better with their, like, for instance, yeah, you had, okay, you had three of the Blue Bloods this last week in Cardinals, Cubs, but you had Yankees, Houston, and you had Milwaukee, Cincinnati. But, yeah, they only, Garagiola and Scully, Scully, they only did seven seasons together on NBC. Cause, yeah, that was almost, and then yeah. they took them off of NBC and yeah, had that CBS baseball before. network stupidity. And then, well, CBS did a half a job, and then they had that oh, stupid CBS baseball network. CBS was not very good with baseball at all. No, I mean, no, they had they good announcers. Well, they had good they announcers. announcers. Yeah. They had good announcers, right. but the, well, they had a good. They had Jack Buck and Sean McDonough, who were good, but they did Oh, well, did no, we thought Tim McCarver was good, Anyway, but, yeah, and, and then, and then, it, but the one thing CBS did, the good news and the bad news, the one thing CBS did was they put games of the week on the radio. The bad news was they had uh, Brent well, Musburger doing them. Well, <laughs> they were doing that. They, CBS was doing the games of the week on the radio in when NBC still had it on television. They they had all those, like, you had Gene Elston, you had Jim Hunter and all these people. Remember the uh, the hometown innings back in the 80s? Oh, yeah, yeah. Bill- yeah, Bill I didn't King. remember whether they started when they started those uh, those uh, games. I guess yeah, you're right. They did because in '86 they went. Uh, I think with Ken Coleman went over to do a long. They even did him in the playoffs, and it was the league cha- championship series of the Angels and the Red Sox. And the yeah, Red Sox scored about four runs in one inning. Ken Coleman was gone for an hour doing I that game. Say, and, normal, and normally those hometown innings were three up, three down. 
They were. That's right. Yeah. And I, I remember, I think those started in 85, if I remember okay. right. But I'm not, I'm not sure. Well, I remember the one time the Dodgers, because Vin was off doing a, a well, a game for, and he couldn't because of NBC. So they had the Spanish yeah. announcer for the Dodgers. I think his name was Benny Cardenas do it, but he had to do a game. He did it in English, obviously. Yeah. Right. Well, they, they used to have Ross Porter come in all the time, uh, too. But yeah. the other thing, the thing was, there was way too much uh, uh, Brent Musburger and way too much Johnny Bench on those TV. Well, and he had Ernie Johnny Harwell Bench do a lot of them. Ernie Harwell did a bunch of them, too. Ernie did, did a lot of them, too. Yeah. Well, Chris, Chris why, don't you wrap, why don't you wrap it up, Chris, so right, we can we get, get out of here in time to see the all Close to 8 o'clock as possible. All right. We have eight people to go. Dickie Magel, M-O-E-G-L-E. It's a diphthong. That's why it's pronounced Magel. He was 86. He went to Rice from 52 through 55, All-American in 54. And he was in this uh, happened in the 54 Cotton Bowl. Rice ahead of Alabama 7-6. to six. And he was running past the Alabama bench. And Tommy Lewis jumped off the bench. No no helmet, no nothing. Jumped off the bench and, and tackled. He was getting frustrated by this guy. Uh, Rice beat Alabama 28-6. to six. I, mean, I think they threw Lewis out of the game, of course. 28-6. to six. And the, the 95, the, the referee awarded him a 95 yard uh, touchdown. And then he uh, rushed for 265 yards in that game. And the record until 08 when uh, Missouri's uh, Tony uh, Temple ran for 281, 265 with 11 uh, uh, rushes for 24.1 yard and uh, three touchdowns in that game. And, and then, uh, let's see, he played, he was picked a 10th by San Francisco, <clears throat> played for the 49ers from 55 through 59, Steelers in 60, Dallas in 61, four games for uh, in 58 and eight in 59 because of a knee injury, uh, 57 and and. He played, started 57 and 73 games, 28 interceptions and one touchdown off of those. Four fumble recoveries and seven, seven uh, let's see, oh, in, in, he was in the uh, Rice uh, Inaugural Hall of Fame in 70. In 79, he got into the College Football Hall of Fame. In 80, he came, got into the Texas Sports Hall of Fame and one of the first Cotton Bowl Hall of Fame inductees in 98. And then he hurt his uh, foot in 61 and waved in 62. That's how his football career ended. He was also an announcer for the Houston Oilers, color man for a while. And he uh, he ran a nightclub and hotels after that. And he had six rushing touchdowns in the NFL, too. And uh, Kurt Gowdy did that game on the radio. That was one of his stories that he used to tell about big moments he saw in sports. So uh, he was a national uh, radio for the Cotton Bowl there. <clears throat> Eddie Payne, 69 years old, assistant at Clemson from 76 through 78. This is basketball. Head coach at Truett McConnell Univer University, NAIA, and, and that's in Georgia from 78 and 79. Assistant at East Carolina, 79 through 81. Belmont Abbey, Division II college, 81 through 86. North Carolina, uh, let's see, and that's in North Carolina, an assistant at South Carolina, 86 through 91, East Carolina head coach, 91 through 95, head of Oregon State, 95 to 2000, head at uh, Division Three uh, Greensboro uh, College, uh, and from 2000 through 2002, head of, at, at uh, South, uh, University of South Carolina Upstate from 02 through 17, Division II, uh, 07, and then Division I uh, since then. And uh, his head coaching record was 484 and 474. He died of a uh, of complications from a stroke. We have Brian Watson, 78, uh, Bugsy, they called him, apparently. He played many places. He was in the Montreal Canadiens, 63-64, the Quebec uh, Aces in the 
the uh, AHL, 64-65. Red Wings, 65-67. through 67. Montreal, again, 67-68. and 68. Oakland Seals, or the California Golden Seals, whatever the heck they were at any given time. Uh, yeah, you never knew. You never knew. 68-69. Uh, Pittsburgh Steel, uh, uh, Penguins, 69-74. through 74. And 11 games uh, in the 74 season uh, for the Blues. Then Detroit, uh, 74 through 76. Washington, 76, 79. WHA, Cincinnati Stingers in 79. He had uh, 578 NHL games, uh, 17 goals, 135 assists for 152 points, 2,212 minutes of penalties. And he was uh, in the top 56. There's 56 players with 2,000 or more uh, minutes in penalties. Tiger uh, Williams leads with the most 3,966 uh, and then uh, let's see and then for the uh, for Edmonton he coached in 1980 and uh, he was 4-9-5 and five. this was the year uh, the second year they were in the uh, NHL 4-9-5 and five. then he was out and Glenn Sather took over and then um, you know Sather became coach and uh, then he was uh, still I think with the organization some but uh, that was it for his coaching career then we have uh, Greg Clark, 49 years old, tied in for the San Francisco 49ers from 97 through 2000. He had uh, he had started 49 of 55 games, 92 receptions, 909 yards, four touchdowns. He had uh, two touchdowns in uh, on January 3rd, 1999, in the second the catch game where Terrell Owens caught the. Uh, catch at the end of the game to win it against the Packers in a wild card game for the 49ers. And he died of uh, CTE and no relation to Dwight Clark. We have uh, David Carter, 67. Uh, he went to college at Western Kentucky. Uh, he was a star there. He went. He was then on with the, of course, Houston Oilers. They had a week off, no, no more. <laughs> 77 through 84, New Orleans Saints, and they've been represented here fairly often, 84 and 85. Started 42 of 121 games, five uh, recover, fumble recoveries. Sonny Jackson, 82 years old, assistant. Uh, this is a, he was a football coach, Northeast Louisiana from 79 through 80. The head of Nickel State, 81 through 86. And uh, McNeese State, he was the head of that, 87 through 89. And then uh, his, his record was 52, 48, and 1. And uh, his best team was a Nickel State team of 1986 when they were 10 and 3. Alex Gibbs, 80 years old, uh, he won uh, the Super Bowls with Denver, 32 and 33. But he was uh, no relation to Joe Gibbs. But he uh, he died of complications of a stroke. But here's a coaching career for you. High school coach in North Carolina, 66 through 68. Defensive back coach at Duke, 69 through 70. Defensive back at Kentucky, 71 through 72. Defensive back West Virginia, 73, 74. And then offensive coordinator, Ohio State, 74 through 78. Offensive coordinator at Auburn, 79 through 81. And then uh, then offensive lineman uh, coach, Georgia, 82 and 83. Then he went to the NFL. Defense uh, NFL offensive line coach for Denver, 84 through 87. Assistant head for the Raiders in 88 and 89, the Los Angeles Raiders. Offensive line for the Chargers, 90 through 91. Offensive line for the Colts, 92. Offensive line, Kansas City, 93 and 94. Uh, so the, he he moved, he had uh, yeah. you know suitcase pack. He was no Dante <laughs> Scarnecchio. Let's put it that way. Denver assistant uh, head again an offensive line coach ninety five through oh three, and that's where he got the two Super Bowls. And then offensive line for Atlanta oh four offensive line consultant in oh five, and then offensive line coach again for Atlanta in oh six. That was all with the Falcons. And then oh. assistant head for Houston in oh eight and oh nine, and then De- Denver offensive line consultant in thirteen. And I think we got one. 
one more guy, Jerry uh, Steele, 82 years old. Uh, college, went to college at Wake Forest, 58 through 61. Uh, head basketball coach at Guilford, 62 through 70. And then uh, that's in North Carolina. That's an NAIA school or was an NAIA school. And then the, the ABA Carolina Cougars, half of the 80-80, uh, uh, so 70-71 season. And head of the high point uh, team, 72 until 03. And then he retired there. NAIA, NAIA through 79, Division 2, 79-88, Division 1 after that. 495 wins for High Point. His overall coaching record 609 and 486. 17 and 25 in the uh, with the Carolina Cougars in the ABA, and then the NAIA Hall of Fame in 87, the North Carolina Sports Hall of Fame 92, and the High Point Athletic Director as well uh, from 78 until his retirement in 2003. And that is it. We're, I think we're going right, to make well, it, Sean. If you wrap it up real quick, I think we're going to make it. Game's going to start in just a couple minutes. We will see you all in about two weeks. So uh, July 27th, we'll be back. But if you need to listen to us at any time, download the podcast, legendoldies.com. Uh, type in Sports Lounge Live in your podcast or have it delivered. Uh, tell your smart device to play Legend Oldies from Apple Podcasts or go to 773-572-3006, option number nine. So until July 27th, uh, we will see you and enjoy all the events coming up. Yeah, yeah. 